This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Justice League. Unite the League! All in! Other sayings! You can't save the world alone! My man! We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, Anna. <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly, we cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into the other fun movie topics. This is episode 307, 307. Uh, yeah, it's actually um, a, a, a triple double O agent that 007 is. <laughs> 307, that'd be the... Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best of the best. Yeah. Or she. Uh, for 307, the main feature of the week is Justice League. The culmination, some would say, of the recent Deep Sea movies. <laughs> <laughs> Great description. It's pretty straightforward. I don't know why I laughed during it. It's the culmination. <laughs> uh, joining us tonight to talk Justice League, we have, from Movies Marcus, he said the Age of Heroes would never would never come. It's Marcus Robinson. Hello. And from the Taylor Network of Podcasts, co-host on and co-host on the Walking Dead TV podcast and the DC TV podcast, he brought his pitchfork. It's Daryl Taylor. Hello, Daryl. Good to have you on for the first time on the show. Hello, Daryl. Hey, good to be on. Yeah, I, uh, you know, we <laughs> we we're talking about Justice League. I have Marcus here, so by default, I made had to make sure there was a black character in the movie, which makes sense. So we have Cyborg. Right. So it, yeah. that adds up. <laughs> And then I'm like, why don't I just double down on this and make this the blackest possible Justice League podcast? So I have I brought in Daryl, too, who has, have, who has strong opinions on the DC films compared to my own. So I think this should be fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for this. All right. Good. So we'll see where we go with this, but let's get some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps out people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You do that very simply. You can give us a star rating. That'd be great. You can give us a written review. That'd also be great. Thank you. Yeah. What What else? We uh, we had our recent commentary track uh, for this month for Bram Stoker's Dracula. You can find that now on iTunes and Audioboom. That was a lot of fun to record, and I think we had some good discussion on there. And um, let's see. Friend of the show, Zaki Hassan, had me as a guest on his podcast, the Boopa Film Podcast, this past week. So you can hear more of my thoughts on Justice League over there. Just giving a shout-out to Zaki, a friend of ours on the show. And I think that's it, right, Abe? I think so. Okay. Now let's get to it. Let's do some know everybody. We're each we ask each other a question or two. Try to tell for the podcast. We better get to know <laughs> everybody. everybody. First time you said it, I was like, wait a minute. He's, did, was I supposed to say it there? But well, yeah. I always say it first, and then I, we say it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I set you up for it. I get you, I get you I, rolling. I guess. To, I guess. To make sure you're into it. And then Marcus is like, I guess I'll add on. like <laughs> No, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Okay. Which DC city would you want to live in? Um, Atlantis. <laughs> okay. Speak with the fishes. Uh, Gotham, because I really don't like... I like that overcast weather. <laughs> and the constant influx of crime? Uh, well, it wouldn't be Atlantis because I don't, I don't really swim and... <laughs> no, you'd be able to breathe underwater, though, so you should be okay. No, I'm good. I, I, I just don't like... I don't even like the idea of it. Uh, <laughs> too wet. <laughs> too, you too fish wet. eater. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a fish hater. Uh, yeah, I, I like the weather in Gotham. The Gotham weather's nice. Mm, okay. How about you, Daryl? Which DC city would you want to live in? Uh, I think Metropolis. See, that, that's a good one because you guys have sunshine, and it seems like you guys get the newspaper. Everyone reads the newspaper every day, so yeah, they get good internet. Gotham doesn't have internet. Well, pro- well like Gotham, every week, like Joker's doing something, or like Penguin comes yeah, in, yeah. He, like, he's like ruining the circuit breakers. Like, ah, he's interrupting my broadcast again, so we can talk about his nefarious plan to destroy yeah. the city. I mean, I don't so go. I, I do all my banking online. I don't go inside a bank, so I'm good. I, I think I'm good. Yeah, there's no but, bane there to stop but you. But then they gas you. I mean, you can you can get Joker <laughs> gas anytime. You don't know when it's gonna hit you. That doesn't seem so bad. Joker gas you with like to the tunes of Prince. I've been saying Marcus yeah, should smile yeah. more, so Joker gas might be the best thing for him. Joker gas. <laughs> yeah, but he'd smile himself to death. What's That's what's uh, what's uh, Green Lantern City? Is it Coast City? Is that what it is? Yeah, the Coast City, and that city's been destroyed. Oh, never, <laughs> never. Okay. I, I guess, I, I guess I've chosen the wrong place then. <laughs> then I guess maybe maybe Central City. That's that's a. Still rather Flash live there down. than uh, yeah, in the water. Flash's place, because at least like what's going on with Flash, it seems like everything's happening really fast around me, so I don't even really see the danger. Yeah, you're just like, wow, it's another lightning oh. storm. Lightning storm in space. It's a good one. That's Where cool. is Flash's place? Central, Central City. City. Yeah. Central City. Oh. Yeah. Yes. It's the home of the last circuit city. Oh, it's come gonna, on. It's man. gonna be a long it's gonna be a long podcast for me. <laughs> home of the last circuit city. That's a good one. Hey, Abe, you got a question? I do have a question for you guys. If you guys were walking around in Norway and you guys <laughs> saw a painting on a wall that had a guy who looked exactly like Jason Momoa on there. Would you not assume that the person you were speaking to was Aquaman? Oh, that mural seemed a little vague. There's a lot of things going on <laughs> yeah, on it. I mean, <laughs> there's, 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 there's a guy there that looks exactly like the guy you're talking to. There's, there's, for one thing, he did figure that out pretty quickly. It's not like it seemed like a mystery. Also, yeah, I mean, that's why he got sarcastic. I think he kind of. I kind of think he kind of was being sarcastic yeah, about it. That they're all trying to pretend. He already had that secret Justice League file from. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. He also watched like, the video of him, you know, holding his breath underwater, so he already had an idea. Right, right. So you kind of walk in there like, hey, who's that guy you keep trying to hide? <laughs> you know, and you're just winking and you're looking at the guy right there. Like, who's that guy right there that you're trying to say is not Aquaman? I found that. Uh, but really- he would have never he would have never seen the mirror if that guy would have never coughed. <laughs> and gotten out of the way. Yeah, the famous Great detective point. Bruce Wayne probably would have just looked over <laughs> that part of the giant wall yeah. next to him. <laughs> that guy would have never point. coughed and gotten yeah. out of the way. I, I wouldn't have turned either if the guy hadn't coughed either, you know, so thank you, camera guy, for returning that direction. <laughs> so, Abe, to answer your question, no. Moving on. Let's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> I think that's how you play. No, everybody. <laughs> Marcus is late. No, everybody. No, everybody. And we're uh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not required for it's not required for any of the guests, but I do like that Marcus tries. He just tries purposely late, <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's get out no quickies. Yep. Each week now we want to move the week. I talk about move the week. Damn. I don't like you said something twice. I doubled. I was gonna say I doubled on it. I, dub- okay. I doubled down. <laughs> I saw Molly's game this week, so there's a lot of poker involved. I doubled down on it. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. You're you're like Michael Michael Sarah doubling down. I'm like Michael Mike Michael Sarah stand in for probably Tobey Maguire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the assumption everyone makes about that character. <laughs> uh, Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I didn't watch any other movies, but I did watch Stranger Things. I think I'm on like episode seven, so I've got two more to go. Okay. Uh, so far, so good. So, so I think I think it's a little bit more dramatic this year, and I think there's a little bit more intense stakes. I guess it's you're supposed it's, to binge watch that show. <laughs> I feel like I should have, but I just didn't watch Mindhunter before, so I was like, okay, oh. well, this one, let's the, let's watch the it. slow, methodical Mindhunter that benefits from week to week viewing. Yeah. So, <laughs> things too. Gonna finish it up. We'll have it out on nights, and uh, we'll we'll get it kicked off. I guess that's probably gonna be this Thanksgiving. Then we'll have an out now nights episode. <laughs> Just in time, a lot, of, a lot of pumpkins <laughs> in that. A lot of, a lot of pumpkins in that season, so we'll get there. Yeah. All right, uh, Marcus, have you seen any other movies recently? Um, yeah, I actually saw uh, Mudbound, which oh, is okay. uh, that Netflix. I'm sure it's Academy Award consideration from Netflix. Uh, um, a movie about a, uh, <clears throat> it's about uh, two men uh, who go to war in uh, World War II and then come back. And they're living in the segregated South in rural Mississippi. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, actually uh, directed it uh, by D. Reese, which who, who uh, wrote and directed Pariah, which I really love. I'm a huge fan of Pariah. Um, this movie, it's 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 really good. It's just a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of stories that are kept in the air at one point at one time and. And it makes the storytelling at some points a little seem a little underdeveloped and momentarily confusing. But other than that, it looks great. I wish I would have seen this on a big screen. Um, I know it's being widely distributed, or it's being distributed. It's on on the big screen too, in limited format. Yeah, limited. Yeah, a few screens. Um, yeah. But uh, if you can't see it in theaters, I would recommend seeing it in theaters because it looks really great. You can feel the mud and smell that they're on they're in mississippi they're on the, the mud there the, the, you can feel the water and, and and everything so if you can see it on a big screen see it on a big screen yeah i talked i talked about this a bit last week i actually did have the benefit of seeing it on a big screen which i think helped yeah. similar to something yeah. like beast of no nation which is you know a tough watch if you're at home oh yeah but like seeing it in a theater is like this i i feel like i it did you know that did a service to myself of being able to see something like that on a big screen. This works the same way. And you mentioned the mud. I didn't mention that last week. It's a good point, Mark, because I think the, you could say the title is almost obvious, but at the same time, it really does a great job mm. of making you feel like you're stuck in the mud in a variety of ways, right. thematically speaking. I think there's a, a good amount of help that comes from the visual of these characters that are on this farm and it's constantly mud in like every frame. Right. Yeah. Good. And, watch the, and the acting, the acting's great too. I can I gotta mention that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mary J. Blige is really good in this too. I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else, but she's only done like a few cameos here and there, so I'm surprised she's surprised she was in this. This is she's this is a big role. This is she yeah. she has a lot to do in this movie and she she does it really well. Uh Daryl, have you seen any of other movies this week? No, it's been a been a busy week. I have not gotten to see anything except Justice League. Like recently, like yesterday, so that was it for me. It's all good. Any, any, any new TV by chance? Uh, I I, I saw terrible TV. I saw Future Man. <laughs> okay, I, I saw I caught that one. That's the Hulu. Uh, is that Hulu series produced by uh, Yeah Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen, and yeah, yeah, it was. Um, 
it happened. It was it was uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be funny. It, it it wasn't as it it should have been funnier. Put it that way. They were they were going for the gags, but they it just didn't it didn't connect. All right, that's um, the one with that guy from uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, Josh Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to do like a mixture of things. Like uh, they did everything from the Last Starfighter to Terminator to Back to the Future. To you know, like they're, they're throwing in all these different uh, things uh, in this in this thing, and you know he's the leader, he's the the slub who's never amounted to anything in his life, and he's trying to like save the future. Um, and they they just pretty much trip their way into it. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. I've seen a number of things this week because I. There's there's a lot of award screenings going on right now for things. Um, I will mention again Roman J. Israel Esquire, which came out and, and released this week because I really liked it. That's the new Denzel Washington film. Um, I was able to see I, Tanya, um, which oh. is quite good. This is the Tanya Harding film with uh, Margot Robbie, Sebastian Stan, and Allison Janney. Um, it is an unconventional biopic, and I think it's quite funny, and we might talk about it more on another episode, so we'll, uh, I'll save more thoughts on that. Um, same with Molly's Game, which I also saw this week. Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut, also written by him, obviously. With Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba. Also very good, but I feel like, again, we'll probably save that for another episode. Um, some new things. Uh, in addition to Mudbound, also on Netflix this week was Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, with a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton, which is a fantastic title. Um, <laughs> this is the, um, it's a documentary about Jim Carrey's time working on the film Man on the Moon, where he played Andy Kaufman. And right. he went completely method for the role. And so the, there was footage recorded of him behind the scenes making the movie. And so it's a mix of that footage with Jim Carrey reflecting on his work on that film and it's quite interesting it's i don't like using the word pretentious all that much but it's a little pretentious hearing jim carrey like this bearded older version of jim carrey talking back on like things because he's he's doing a lot of reflection on his art and what he was going for and at times it comes off a little too dreamy i guess as far as like the kind of way yeah he could be that way yeah the way the way he's pronouncing certain statements and whatnot is it's there's a kind of I think he's assuming there's a kind of lyricism to it that's really important, but it just kind of feels shallow. Um, but it is fascinating to watch the kind of journey that he went on as being Andy and Tony Clifton and very much getting on the nerves of people on set and also making other people think he's being brilliant. Um, you see things like uh, what Jerry Lawler, the wrestler, who comes back for the, you know, to be in the movie Man on the Moon and the, like Jim Carrey's provoking him and getting him <laughs> just as mad as. Andy would, except that, that supposedly that was a you know for play where this is like an actor portraying another man trying to provoke this guy. So there's a lot of like weird stuff like that that goes on, but it's a good doc. Like it's it's certainly worth watching if you're interested in kind of seeing the method process and seeing an actor like Jim Carrey doing that and watching someone record it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and I'll also mention Wonder, the other film that opened this weekend. Anna and I were able to see this. Eventually, because the first showing that we were going to see was sold out. This movie was huge this weekend, guys. Did uh, I realize? Yeah. Well, it, how much did it make? It made $27 million this weekend. Only? 
the pro- the projections were nine million. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. it it well above expectation. It I mean the first. If you want to cry, go see that movie. There's people uh, love that little room kid. Wait wait wait. wait. <laughs> There's another movie we're going to talk about next week. If you want to talk about who's crying at the end of movies, but um, oh man, but um, we can't talk about that one yet. But we will. T- I will talk about Wonder because it's quite good. Star Wars Episode Nine. Star Wars Episode Nine. Super super <laughs> cry. <laughs> gonna, gonna cry the hell out of my eyeballs. But no, yeah. What issues? Wonder. There's a lot of Star Wars and Wonder actually because the character Augie, he's a big Star Wars fan, and I guess Lionsgate reached a good deal with Disney because there's a lot of Star Wars in it. Um, but it's very good. Like, it's a good family Lightning. drama comedy movie. Like, and I think Jacob Tremblay, who we know from, from Room, um, he's he's not playing it too, like, precocious. Like, there's a good, like, there's a good child performance here that I think is worthwhile. Like, I, I mean, obviously, I think kids and families are responding to it. As I said, it's going to be, it's a hit. Like, it's already a hit. And it's just going to keep making money from now till you know, Christmas, as these movies do. Oh, I, yeah, um, I figured that would be a hit. Yeah. Because nice. they, they, once you get in that vein, you know, mm-hmm. you can bring a bunch of people to it. it you bring your family to it, then they're going to do it. Yeah. It's, but it's a, it's a solid time at the theater. It's not just like kind of sentimental. It's, it's, it's a well done story. Good cast. You have what, Owen Wilson, Julia Roberts, Mandy Patinkin, um, David Diggs. Like, it's a good, like, adult cast. And the kid actors. Actually, what's his name? Noah Jupe, who was in Suburbicon, Abe. He was the he was uh, which one? He was the, the son. The kid. He was the kid. Okay, he yeah, was yeah, yeah. he was the son who was you know tolerant of the one black kid in the town. No, he's like the first kid that befriends who's also tolerant of Augie in, in school. Boom. So yeah, this kid this kid has a career of being nice to people different than him. So that's that's a good place to be, I guess. <laughs> tolerant kid number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it's 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 a good film for sure. Um, so yeah. That's out wide. That is out wide, yes, and it will probably continue to be out. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, that's on it, quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We're talking about one of the news movie trailers of the week. What we thought of it, when it's coming out, and what have you. And this week, we're talking Rampage, the upcoming video game adaptation of the '80s arcade game Rampage World Tour. Finally. <laughs> I'm gonna let me. Re- I'm gonna read the Wikipedia description of them because it's it may, it may be the chuckle. Wikipedia description. Yeah, the Wikipedia plot synopsis of, of Rampage. Not the. I should read the game also. I might do that. Let me read the movie first. <laughs> it says primatologist David Okoye, played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, a man who keeps people at a distance, shares an unshakable bond with George, the extraordinary, intelligent albino silverback gorilla who has been in his care since birth. But an otherworldly genetic experiment that's found its way to Earth mutates this once gentle ape into a raging creature of enormous size. To make matters worse, it's soon discovered that a wolf and a crocodile have gone under similar changes. As these newly created apex predators battle each other for supremacy and tear across North America, destroying everything in their path, Okoye teams with a discredited genetic engineer to secure an antidote, fight his way through the ever-changing battlefield, and not only to halt a global catastrophe, but to save the fearsome creature that was once his friend. <laughs> the film is directed by Brad Payton, who also directed Dwayne The Rock Johnson in San Andreas. San Andreas. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the... Finally, guys. This is the... Uh, the Rampage I, like, movie. Well, like what Marcus said, finally, yeah. right? Uh, well, Marcus, what did you think of the trailer for Rampage? I mean, it looks like San Andreas is eight with an eight. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have no want to see this movie. I mean, it's like another. It, the first beginning plays out like another excuse for for people to love 
the rock oh now oh he loves apes too like okay <laughs> oh he's so sensitive okay i have i really there's nothing in this movie that makes me want to see see uh rampage and i and i re- i barely remember the game i don't know you said it's out of the 80s i i this must have been an arcade game or something. Yeah, it was, an, it was an arcade. Oh, it was a great game. You just smash building. Yeah, it's basically you go up and down the building. Right. You have to smash the the building till it collapses first. Okay, so I, I vaguely, I maybe yeah, I've seen it in, in. Yeah, there was like a gorilla, a wolfman, and a yeah. like a Godzilla type creature. In this case, it's in the movie, it's a crocodile yeah. apparently. And the thing right. was, like, they were humans, right? They were humans that turned into these creatures. Yeah, they got hit with something in the beginning of the game, and then you, and then they grow into these monsters, and then you get to smash them. I don't know why they didn't keep that theme. Yeah, that sounds way more fun <laughs> than, yeah. than just, like, know, these I animals think. get bigger. Like, that's okay. <laughs> I think they wanted to go, and now they're going the King Kong route with this, like, Godzilla King Kong thing, where he, you know, is trying to save the animal. I don't know why they went that route. Was the was the ape's name George in the yeah in the it video was game? yeah yeah it was George yeah, so, and yeah. George I mean, Lizzie. This should have just been a George of the Jungle remake. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was confused. <laughs> anyway, I'm not gonna see this. Zero, what do you think of the trailer? <laughs> I I mean it's it's a stupid premise and all that, but you got Negan working for the government. You got <laughs> you got the Rock just being the Rock. You know, like it's. It's probably you got the uh, future Deathstroke. Yeah, Joe Joe Manganiello. Yeah. I mean, it I, it's probably one of those things. That if it came on cable, when it comes on cable, I will watch it. Like I did San Andreas. It was like it was, I didn't go see it in the movies, and probably people will go see this in the movies because of Rock. I mean, if it comes out when nothing else is on, because it's a, it's just a it's a silly quick action i mean i don't think if the movie is not going to be long i mean i, I can see <laughs> i hope it's not two and, two and a half hours of this <laughs> yeah you got to keep it like an hour and a half this, this is gonna be a quick in and out like san andreas nobody thought that movie was gonna make any money and it did but it's also and pretty was, quick too like that movie's not that long which yeah helps. It's, that's what i mean it's yeah. quick you keep it quick and it, you know, like it's a it's a quick little thing. Watch it really quick. You laugh at the, you know, because I know the as long as they keep the jokes funny with the actors you have, like that's gonna all of that's gonna only work because of the actors that are in the movie. Um, and if you write to them, you know, like crazy Negan when he comes walking in the room, like did you think you'd have to deal with a big old alligator like a wolf <laughs> or something like that? Like I mean, you could play with that. There's a lot you could do with him. Uh, when you have nothing else, because there's no script involved, you got to do your Negan uh, impression on the Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to have that attitude of not caring about nothing, yeah. you know, like just taunting everybody. I could see him being that character for the whole movie until he gets eaten by the big crocodile or something. Yeah, right. You could just see that's gonna happen somewhere in that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I probably wouldn't go see it, but. Uh, it looks like something funny, you know, something silly. Abe, how about you? Good watch. I feel like Marcus. I'm kind of Dwayne the Rock Johnson out here, and Thank it's you. I, I had seen Kevin the Hart ruined his career. 
Kevin Hart. <laughs> by by uh, making that huge hit last year and that potential big hit with Jumanji this year. <laughs> Which is going to be, yeah, they're going to be a hit. But it, it's just that I had seen the Jumanji trailer prior to watching this one in the same theater. <laughs> That's like, the best. Oh, I get that. Yeah, when, I, when, I see, when I saw like something, I saw like Suburbicon and the um, downsizing back to back. I was like, Matt Damon is everywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> But Dwayne is everywhere. I mean, he had so many movies out last year. He was, mm-hmm. He's got a ton out this year. And I feel the same way about uh, just the whole entire premise of it, which is, I, I don't know. I mean, is it going to be something that's worthwhile watching? Probably not. But am I going to watch it? Maybe. Uh, For the purposes of this to... podcast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Considering that we have a movie podcast, we're probably going to have to watch it. But uh, similar to what um, uh, uh, Daryl was talking about, it's like, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he – he and, and Harvey Birdami, I confused him from time to time. But then adding in Joe Manganiello, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get these guys confused a little bit, too. So It's a lot of big arms. Job. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, and like you know, peppered beards. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, oh, yeah. yep. It's like, oh, these guys that, are the same. No, they're not. Yeah, one of them is a magic Predator uh, hand slap. Predator hand slap. Yeah, predator, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, would, I would go to – if they had a scene like that. If they had that, that, yeah, if it was that, that kind of campiness based off Predator, let's do it. But, like, that's exactly what I want in this movie, and that's what I don't seem to be getting. Like, it looks very self-serious. Like, I'm sure it's pro- I'm sure yeah. it's going to be, like, fun to a point because the nature of the silly premise is supposed to be fun. But, it, like, I think there are directors that know how to handle that kind of thing, and I haven't seen that so far from Brad, at least from, like, based on San Andreas in this trailer. Because, like, what, Brad Payton did, what did he do? He Didn't he do, like, the... The, the center of the year. He did the journey of the center of the year. No, he no, he did the second journey. Journey to the mysterious. Island. Which even then was still like entertaining into like in yeah. as far as, but that's like a kids movie. Like this is supposed to be, you know, like a general blockbuster. And the other, yeah. the you know, the other thing is it's a video game movie. And as we know, I don't get excited for video game movies anymore. There's just no point to it. Like it's just no. like I, I you could, you, I mean, if you can't make Michael Fassbender work in a video game movie, I don't know what The Rock's gonna do like for it. Like, oh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. well, no, you, you get his wife to be in one, and then you see how that goes. Because <laughs> she's in Tomb Raider. <laughs> I but, do, I do, I am excited for Tomb Raider. That's the only, con- that's the only video game movie that I am kind of excited for because it looks exactly like the game I played. I mean, then how hard does that go? In the back? I've said that before in <laughs> these trailers. But what, but what goes wrong though is when you like. It seems like people take these games and then they're like, "I I know what to do. I'm going to make it entirely different than what everybody who's probably going to watch this thing wanted to see. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a whole thing out of it that's not what it was meant to be. Like Assassin's Creed should be easy. Yeah. Guy running around, he's an assassin in different times. Like, if you pick a time he's going to be in, and then you have him be the assassin. Done. Like, you don't need to do anything else with that, right? And they're like, let's, hold on, guys, let's, let's take the, let's take the boring segments where you walk around a factory and put that as most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what you're supposed to do is you make that whole entire movie with that person in that time period, and then at the end there, you're just like, oh, by the way, he's actually in a lab. And Stinger. Next movie. That like, actually, that's the I part mean, of the game nobody likes. Yeah, like, I mean, like, but like, say, Abe, you saying that is exactly like that would have been fun. Even if a, for a people that play the game, like myself and probably Daryl, like, if the, we would know that's coming, but that'd be a cool reveal for like the audience that like this isn't even yeah. happening. Like, like, it's not even here. Yeah, it, it no. would have been cool for me. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's that's a that would be a neat regardless that's Assassin's Creed we don't need to talk about how terrible that movie is <laughs> we, don't, we don't need right. to go showing Hollywood that we're better than what them. I, what on. I what I want to talk about is what Abe you were speaking to about being Dwayne Johnson out I'm not necessarily Dwayne Johnson out like I like seeing The Rock yeah. in movies but 
you can think of something like Will Smith, who, you know, when he was in his kind of box office, prime, which he still basically is, but when he was in, like, that prime mode of Big Willy Weekends happening and all that. Like, yeah, like Mr. July. It, it's not like he had, like, one, you know, one movie, you know, every six months. He had one movie, like, a year, or if not two years, and yeah. they'd come out, yeah. and he chose those projects very specifically. This is The Rock doing, like, basically the same thing over and over again. It's like, that's not the, I don't think that's the smartest play on his part. Like, this, you can't, you can't, his roles, you can't really separate between this Jumanji and San Andreas. It looks like he's playing the same guy. Like, yeah. Would you see him in a serious movie? No, not a serious movie, but like, I can distinguish between Will Smith roles, even if they're Will Smith playing a kind of, you know, a, a funny but confident action star. I still, I know what the difference between Agent K and like, and Independence Day. Like, I know that, I know what the, yeah. the what, what separates those two characters. Where this is just <clears> like, <throat> The Rock's big. He's probably self-effacing about it at times. He'll get stuff done. Like, there's nothing really there. <laughs> and especially with the quality of these movies that are coming. Now, I am looking forward don't, to Jumanji. Don't tell The Rock how to pick his movies. <laughs> I'm saying he could do less of this or do something yeah, different. Like, and it just, it's, well, it's not... You, you think Jumanji is a better example of him, probably, right? Yeah, because... This, this is the most different thing I've ever seen him in. Yeah, because he's, like, he's playing, like, a, like a meekish guy in the in the body yeah. of The Rock. Like, that's and, a, that's a that's, fun that's idea. Why, that's why I like Central Intelligence. Yeah, the, I think the character. Yeah, I, the, the character there is a strong rock character, but like this, the, between and he had a story about it. Like I, right. I, you know, like he didn't start out that way with a little bit there, and he seemed crazy as hell. Yeah, he, he, oh, like he, he really seemed, seemed almost crazy. psychopath. Yeah, like yeah. this with Rampage, I'm saying there's four writers on it, which I mean, it's a Rampage video game. How many writers do you need to make this movie work? Yeah. <laughs> The movie that we're going to review only has two, and one of them was brought in late for punch-ups. Yeah, so, well, we'll talk about how effective oh, that was. You, I bet you that's what happens. <laughs> but, um, again, it's a video game movie. I don't need to put too much behind it, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. this seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. People get covered in goo and turn into monsters, but this is like, let's warp the premise already, and let's, like, throw mm-hmm. the rock... And, like, would it, I would have been plenty happy to see The Rock be one of these things that turns into a giant wolf man. Like, wasn't that easy enough right there? Yeah, because I don't even know how, who do you root for? Because if it's like, if you're the creature, if it had been that you're the creature, then you could have had the big battle of, of The Rock maybe being the monkey and the, uh, and the big gorilla and, and maybe, uh, one of the other characters, uh, being the, the evil wolf or whatever. Well, yeah, you have already evil. You have Dwayne and, Johnson, Joe Manganiello, yeah. and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Just yeah, dump goo yeah. on them and turn Ooh, them into giant right. monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can root for, you know, you can be exactly. like, right, take yeah. these dudes out. But we, You root we, for Negan or Magic Mike? Or... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense because it's like these creatures are, you only are not, you only know about the one. Nobody, the wolf is not going to get a backstory, right? Probably so not. You yeah. follow them him basically telling the government don't do it don't kill my monkey friend don't don't kill him don't kill him <laughs> like wh- is that the whole thing and then you have to stop these other creatures so i don't know it's, it's like it's gonna be a mess yep so my monkey. april 20th next year rampage arrives in theaters we'll see what april. happens if it doesn't end with the rock getting covered in goo and becoming a giant version of the rock to take on these monsters i don't think it's gonna be good but we'll see how that happens <laughs> Let's let's move on. <laughs> That's trailer talk. Let's go on to our main review now for Justice League. The world remains in mourning after the death of Superman. Violence, acts of war, and terrorism are all on the rise. I had a dream. It was the end of the world.
asking people we don't know to risk their lives. Strong man as strong as alone. You ever heard that? That's not a saying. That's the opposite of what the saying is. Divided. We are not enough. World needs Superman. I made him a promise. This is why I brought you together. Right ain't over yet. I'm mad. That should have been some of the trailer for Justice League. Opinions on the films aside, it's fair to say that it hasn't been an easy road for DC's attempts to craft a cinematic universe. Uh, while the money has come in for three of the four previous films, uh, it, let me say that again. While money came in, three of the four previous films received varying levels of mixed reactions. Wonder Woman seemed to point things in a new direction. However, winning over nearly everyone, and now we have a follow-up, that is Justice League, a film that has had a troubled production. Zack Snyder was at first tasked to wrap up a trilogy of films that started with Superman and ended with the gathering of many notable heroes. However... Between personal tragedy and WB's decision on where things should go, Joss Whedon has come in and allegedly reshot somewhere between 15 to 20 percent of the film. As it stands, the film plot, the film's plot focuses on Batman and Wonder Woman recruiting the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg in an attempt to stop Steppenwolf, an interdimensional being who was born to be wild. That's my Steppenwolf joke, and I'm done. That's pretty clever. Um, <laughs> oh, see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, I. I'm aware you you were a giant fan of Batman v Superman, correct? It was on your top ten of the last year. Right? I was okay. So, 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 first and foremost, I'm probably the least versed in DC or any kind of comic book adaptations here. So I'm just talking as like kind of like an outsider. I was I, I was a, a a big fan of uh, Superman versus Batman. Um, I saw that it had its flaws. But uh, I, I had those aha, like, wow, this is cool moments in that. This one, I didn't have that. Now, this is not a, a bad movie. I, I it it has those the, the the when the backstory comes out that that uh, Wheaton did about twenty percent of this. Uh, we shot about twenty percent. You can tell. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of, of Zack Snyder, so you can tell where, I think you can tell where the cutoff point is. It still feels like a four hour film cut down to a two hour film, which I would think that would bring in more of the Marvel loyalist fans. But in doing that, I think what they've done is they've kind of put everybody into the background. They don't have that Robert Downey Jr. character to, to, to step into the foreground and flex his or her muscles. I, I think uh, uh, people expected out of Gal Gadot. She was in the background. Ezra Miller is funny here, but he's in the background too. Aquaman is in the background. Everybody's kind of in the background here. Um, that that's that was kind of like a the bigger issue I had with this movie. Um, other than the minor disappointments that I think it'll find with fanboys, novice and cinema lovers alike. Um, the CGI is not that great in the first half. The back half is way better than the, fr the front half. Um, it seems like a bigger movie that was supposed to be small or a smaller movie that was supposed to be bigger. 
Um, I think it's, I don't know that anybody's going to love this movie. It seems like it was trying to tick a lot of boxes and it just didn't satisfy everybody. All right. Daryl, where, where have your thoughts been on the kind of the DCEU thus far and now in the Justice League? Um, I, I, well, I love the movie, so I guess I'm one of those. Um, but like, I've, I've liked the, the narrative since Band of Steel. I kind of liked where they went with it. I, I mean, and you don't have to, you're not an outsider if you don't read comics, you just don't read the comic books. Um, okay. I read the comic books, but I, I never think that. Like, you, you should never think that you're an outsider of that. It's silly. You, you but I, I, belong. I, I, you, I just, you just don't know the books. So, like, in this one, mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, the Steppenwolf character. I didn't think the Steppenwolf character was great. But I guess this... Oh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog's like, what? Let yeah, Daryl speak! Steppenwolf. That Steppenwolf character, I didn't think much of the Steppenwolf character, uh-huh. but um, I guess Steppenwolf's supposed to be a big, giant deal. But in the same well, in the same way, I didn't really care about the the character in the in uh, Dawn of Justice, and it's apparently that character's supposed to be a big deal. Let's, let's table that for a second, Kim. Sorry, we'll sorry. Yeah, that, that's something that I think... That was my... That's I mean, my novice... Steph, like, uh, well, I'll say this. I mean, I've read the comics and stuff, but even with that, um, I, I disagree when you say that they were in the background, some of these characters in the background. I think they, they got... They picked the character that was easy to not have to deal with. You don't really have to worry about him. Like, he's just the thing that brings them together. I think they kind of did go the route of, like, some of the MCU movies where they didn't really care about the bad guys much. We just need to get the group formed right. And I, I, I was surprised by how many scenes we got of just the team interacting with each other. I didn't think we would get that. I was a little worried that they would that they would rush it. You know, they wouldn't do it early enough and then it would be like a quick thing where they get together at kind of towards the end and and it and it would come off kind of you know um just off it'd just be off to me but i think they they, they did it pretty quickly i mean i you know the open up the scenes with wonder woman i think that was a great scene the at the bank i mean that like to, to start her off and to to you know like to kind of get all of them kind of quickly in it um, you know, just the scenes of, of where Stephen Wolf came from. All you need, to, I mean, they pretty much threw it in there. Like, all you need to know is he's the guy that comes in the, to to destroy, right? He's 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 the because um, Dark Side. I mean, basically, he sends disciples. You know, that's the kind of thing he does. And to and they and if you fail, Dark Side is a big deal, right? But they're not going to mention Dark Side really. You know, they're going to hold back on that. Probably because they don't know what they're going to do after these movies yeah, to see <laughs> how well it's going to be. So you have to pull back on that. Like they can't go that far. But um, but I did kind of I I like I dug how they you know like I think Wonder Woman Gal Gadot did a great job as being very charismatic. I think you, you I seem to really I I liked her vibe with Bruce and and even with the other teammates. Like she seemed to be the the glue for them. Like they all centered around her a little bit, whether it reshoots or whatever. I have no idea what was reshot, what was it, but just seeing how she to see Wonder Woman be the focal point, which is new for even the comics, because Wonder Woman has never been a leader of the Justice League. It's always been, you know, like a Batman or a Superman or, or something like that. Um, so I was kind of ex- happy to kind of see that they're going to make it if they continue with this Wonder Woman uh, taking her leadership role. 
um, with her character. And, and I liked how they kind of, you know, they used the Amazon to kind of give her the signal to, so we don't have to have a thing of her dragging her feet to join the team. It's like, we already know this has got to be done. Um, you know, and then when they, Cyborg was a little bit of the one that was brooding, but then he kind of got over his brooding the way that they got him into it. So I like how they did that. Um, and, and I could see all the cut aways. Like I, I could tell this was cut, you know, 45 minutes was cut into this movie because I could see the fast cuts and I could see there were things missing, uh, here and there. Um, but overall, but overall yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, but overall. But overall, I, I, I still think it was a very enjoyable film. I think the audience I was with was, they were in it. I mean, they were like gasping when things were happening, bad things happened and, they were laughing at the the one, you know, the kind of the jokes with the Flash, which we expected to be the one that was going to do the the jokes, which I'm cool with. Like, I don't like humor. I don't like when it's humor is used to hold up a film. Like, I thought Thor used, I just recently saw that, like, uh, when that came out. And it's just like, I felt like Thor, they used the jokes to cover up that they didn't have much of a story with it. It was just a quick thing. You know, we can get this guy, we got to get the, get hella, blah, blah, blah. But it like, but when they use it in like, you know, a couple of characters who are funny, naturally funny, that's good. And then when you have a couple of one-liners from the regular, you know, from a situation, like there's situation like the Aquaman, you know, uh, Magic Lasso, I'll say that the, the Aquaman Magic Lasso parts was funny. Um, the little between uh, back and forth with Bruce and and uh, and, and and Diana. You know, there's a couple of jokes in there, too. But I think that it worked for me. All right. Let's get to Abe. Uh, I know... Actually, let me let me stop real quick. Let me point out something. Uh, let's talk about the box office real quick, because we can kind of work that in. Um, okay. Justice League, which I think cost something like $250 million. <laughs> um, not to mention, like, marketing. It was some kind of obscene number like that, as these movies tend to be. Um, did not open quite as strong as the other DC films. It opened with 96 million, which is a, a which is a come down from uh, the previous DC entries. I know what Batman v Superman was like 167 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty big. Suicide Squad yeah. was like 130 something, I think. Even even Man of Steel was pretty big. Man right? of Steel was like 1 120 something, 130 yeah. something. One, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was what 102, I think, opening weekend. People um, are voting with their dollars. So Justice League, yeah, 96, which you know for a giant team up movie. Probably not the ideal that Warner Brothers is expecting. Um, Abe, I know you and I have been more or less pretty similar on our thoughts of these movies, right? I think we... Yeah, for the most part. I, th- I think like that all. we're... Right, yeah. Like I'm all about the be... same as far as mixed reactions to very negative in some cases, like Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Mixed negative. With the caveat yeah. going to the quality of Wonder Woman. Like, that seems to be the yeah, one. that which... was a genuine surprise, which is probably <laughs> why we talked about it during our summer gamble at length, right? Uh, and also in a random review. But for for uh, for Justice League, you know, it, it's not a bad movie, but it's also not a good movie. And it's uh, it's everything that we've talked about here already. What Daryl and, and uh, Marcus have mentioned, you definitely know that it's, it was a longer movie. Uh, you've seen at least enough TV spots or some, maybe trailer one or trailer two to know that there's scenes that are omitted. Um, and I think that it really fluctuates on this. Let's try and be fun, Joss Whedon style, because I create, I helped to write the Avengers and I also directed the Avengers. Um, to let's keep it with the same tone that Zack Snyder had given it, minus more, minus uh, all the slow mo, um, which I kind of want to see that that awesome sequence where 
um, Cyborg is still human playing football. I, I really didn't want to see that just from the trailers, the trailer shot. But um, the movie itself, it, it feels like it, it moves too quickly to establish the team, right? Uh, we have this team here. We're trying to get things accomplished. And I don't think that you have enough motivation from any of the characters to really give you a sense of why they're trying to join the team. Sure, you have Batman going to go see Aquaman and trying to him to to tell him that hey something's coming. But you know, aside from one water fight, he's just like, okay, I'll do it. Um, and you have well, they mentioned his parents. I mean, but there was the I mean dialogue with mentioning his mom who left him there, and and uh, for Mira telling him basically. But, you, but don't you have to know the background to? If you I, tell I, me Mira is like his mom. Lightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's it's my step point. lightly. It's, like, it's a setter for the yeah, next it's one. It's step but... lightly. Yeah. And and that's kind of yeah. you know, you get that with uh with uh with Diana Prince and also you get that with, with Bruce Wayne for whatever reason. I didn't know that Bruce Wayne felt this much guilt and it just it just never really came across as to okay, well the reason why we have to do this is because I've really let somebody down. And it's like I had no idea, and this comes really late in the game. I, mean, I thought that uh, felt pretty clear from just the end of Batman v Superman. <laughs> like, yeah, that was basically yeah. the whole end of that. That's like the, the whole marketing game. campaign centered around, like, yeah, I sucked, like, I, I need to do it. something about this. Yeah, he has got to do something about it. It, it just... It's, but he even oh, said in the it, end that he said, I, f- I failed him in life. Uh, like, and he... Like he said it. Like he said, yeah. I have to get them I'll, together. I'll, I'll get I, you that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one, because I probably just misremember But... For the most part, it, it just doesn't feel like it's a cohesive spot. It really feels like it's let's put this together to try and basically bring out Darkseid, um, which is mentioned once in the movie. And I felt like Steppenwolf, which I I don't know, it sounds like some kind of DJ name, doesn't it? Um, or a like rock band from the 70s. You know, one of those. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of like Dub Steppenwolf. You know, he's like, he's, well, if you say he's Dub like, Steppenwolf, then yeah, I could say Dub Aaron and suddenly I'm a DJ. That Jack Kirby. I found it very... Fascinating that this guy can basically teleport to wherever he wants and yet still has to fight through minions and fight through so many people just to get what he's trying to get to. Um, <laughs> his powers seem way more his his powers and his minions powers seem way more, you know, flexible, flexible. But also <laughs> they just seem like they, they just are much more futuristic than anybody else is on the planet. So I don't know why he has so much trouble trying to get these three um, mother boxes, so, mother boxes. So all in all, it, it felt like it was it was a rushed movie um, from a character perspective. Uh, I did like the second half more than I liked the first half, but that's probably because there's much more action. Uh, and some characters, yeah, there's some comedy relief, but that felt very forced into a, a Zack Snyder movie. I um, I like this. I think it's fun. I think that's the, the best thing I can say is that it is a fun movie. I had a good time watching Justice League. It makes me want to see more of these characters in both their own separate movies and in further Justice League movies. I would only hope that there's a better cohesive flow to upcoming Justice League movies and other solo movies. But with James Wan doing Aquaman and me liking what Jason Momoa is doing with Aquaman, I'm not feeling too bad about what's going to come, especially with the kind of direction change that's coming for these, you know, DC movies. Like this, this feels like the kind of the end of. Not a phase, because it's not Marvel, but the end of kind of the Snyder era in this. And it's not that I dislike Snyder. Like, I don't generally dislike Zack Snyder's movies. It's just more of his approach to this universe I just haven't kind of gelled with. I get where the strengths are, 
And at its best, Justice League manages to find some of those in stuff that feels the most Zack Snydery. It, it manages to capture those aspects well enough. But I think the biggest issue of Justice League is how it doesn't really fulfill Snyder's vision, which is an odd thing to say. But I think if Batman v Superman is kind of the like the ultimate version of a Zack Snyder film with the various themes, the visual aesthetic and whatnot... I think this is almost the exact opposite. I have the exact opposite problems where if BVS was very overplotted, but also ambitious and visually, you know, spectacular, I think Larry Fong's cinematography in that movie was pretty fantastic. This movie feels rather unambitious, and I think the visuals are not as compelling. It's a different cinematographer, and just not very, there's not much plot at all. Like, it's a very straightforward film. It's, you know, get a team, put them together, fight this thing. And that's fine as far as. You can only do so much with a movie about teaming up superheroes, but I miss the kind of stuff in between. Like, problems with Batman v Superman, they did not extend to stuff like, you know, Granny's Peach Tea and the weird stuff that was in those movies. Like, I like that stuff. Like, that's the fun stuff in that movie that feels, like, different and out of nowhere. But this movie doesn't have all that. It doesn't have those kind of weird supporting character beats, those other moments. Like, it has a good amount of comedy, just thanks to whoever was responsible for the kind of final touches to make these team like have fun together and whatnot, but it, it doesn't do enough beyond kind of the basic requirements to make an entertaining superhero movie. And in a world where we have lots of entertaining superhero movies, it's kind of hard to be like, this one stands out to me because it just feels more ordinary than anything else. It feels like a, like, all right, it's a DC coat of paint over a movie I've seen already. And it's nice because I'm a huge DC character fan. I, you know I love Batman. But if you're making a movie called Justice League, I kind of want, you know, one of the biggest epic movies you can ever get out of a movie called Justice League. And it doesn't really quite deliver that. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you on I'm, I can't wait for the individual movies because I would have loved to see more of Aquaman. I think that's very, uh, very interesting background that he's got especially what we just mentioned earlier what daryl was mentioning about uh, who's the character which one which the one? female uh, character mira mira yeah what mira is saying about you know his jason momoa's backstory is like oh well I, I would love to see this fleshed out i think that's sort of what hinders the movie too is just that you had and unfortunately marvel had created you know seven movies before they did avengers so you did get a sense of what every character stood for and why they're fighting or why perhaps they would join this fight. Um, and that's why I'm very curious to see the individual movies moving forward but for this DC universe. Who's supposed to be the dynamic character here as far as like who's supposed to be the Robert Downey Jr. of this group? I think that would be Batman, right? It's just, yeah. Wow. I, I think when you look – but see, I think that's a bad way of looking at it. I mean it is, you're going to be – when you come into it thinking I need that character no, no, no. to fit – but I it think seems like that's where they're pushing it. They're pushing it into that that Avengers. If it was only going to be kept into this dark, dingy, whatever, I would accept that there's no character that is lively and there's no character that is, you know, the the, the quick talking whatever. But well, I think the, they're the kind com- of pushing into this com kind of comedy realm. See, in which I didn't, the back half I didn't of take it as a comedy though. I took the it back at, half is is, is la- there are points where Flash comedy. was. Flash was always supposed to be the comic relief for this upcoming. Even Aquaman so, is supposed to be pretty. I mean, there's, right. there's never, always. Yeah. 
So there's and a scene. I, okay, so the lasso scene comes in the back half of the 45 minutes. I think that's mm-hmm. Josh Whedon. I think there's a scene where there's a certain character and the flash goes by him and he looks and that's that looks like a Josh Whedon touch. That so, well, you're you're pointing to looks, just scenes that are comedic in gen and like in nature, exactly. but it's not a comedy. And like, and no, I, no, no, no. I understand. It's not Thor. It's not Thor. Yeah, it's not, yeah. I think the issue. I, I think the issue with this is people are so part, and I think part of what it, what it hurts, and I knew it was going to hurt the box office for this, is we know too much about the backstory. We know too much about the uh, the 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 background stuff about how this movie was done. Like we yeah. know so, like there are people that so invested in it. There were there were reports like daily about what was going on with the problems with studio stuff to the point where. I don't even think some people can even enjoy it because they're they're looking for the where's give me Whedon parts, give me Zach parts, give me like and you're so caught up in that it, it's to the point where it's gonna take away from the movie. Like if right. and and I don't think um I, I and I think okay. I I would say that that's maybe a factor for the people that are online on reddit and whatnot that are having furious debates about these movies but the general public they don't know this they don't they're not they're not they made no like, the general pu- what i mean by the general public is basically this happens all the time with the general public i mean friend and i, I take that as friends that mm-hmm. don't do podcasts don't do any of that stuff they yeah. just go see a movie yeah. and they ask you questions they go online and they look at what's the latest thing about this particular movie i want to see and if a lot of it is negative, they will they will go well, and it's not. I'm not going to go. Well, see yeah, that's that's it. word of mouth, yeah. and that yeah, yeah. that that, that th- sort of happened this week, right, with the whole entire Rotten Tomatoes controversy of saying, like, we there's already the embargoes been released, so everyone can talk about it, and everyone was, but there's no score, and usually we'll publish on Wednesday, but we won't because we have this new show that's on Thursday. So I felt like they were trying to delay that release score as much as they could to build up the box office, right? So well, that's, it, I mean, it's it's a that's a whole different conversation, but it speaks to some really weird things about Rotten Tomatoes, the fact that Warner Brothers owns some of Rotten Tomatoes, right. and the idea that they're promoting a show on the same week um, where a giant movie's coming out, and you're like, okay, this is the movie that you're going to use to not show a score for for the sake of a TV show? I don't know if that's the best plan possible for a highly anticipated movie that's going to be talked about in this reason. Um, but regard- regardless, though, I don't want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes too much. I want to talk about this movie. Talk about the movie. And, I mean... Daryl, I, I, I can agree to a point where I do think there's there's validity to the idea that these the controversies surrounding the movie, around the production, and around just the nature of superhero movies and the back and forth that people have about them, that, that affects things. But at the same time, not everyone likes these movies. I think, it, I mean, it, it seems clear enough no, to me I that there's... there's I, I, there's totally a, get it. It's divisive. It's a divisive film, and their way that they're told are not. I, you know, people want some of the happy stuff. They want. They want the brighter uh, film. They want a brighter film when it comes to some of this stuff. And I, Snyder was telling a long story, mm-hmm. uh, like like a lot of Justice League stuff. Everybody at the end of Justice League, I think everybody got everybody's character kind of that. Everybody's character that was from. Like Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, to this kind of got their 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 uh, turning point. Like everybody, and I remember when uh, uh, Snyder was talking about like way back when he was when they were um, talking about Justice League, and he was saying that uh, I know people are unhappy with me <laughs> with the way the betrayal of Superman is, but believe you know just just stay tuned. 
when they get to super, when they see Superman, uh, by the time we get to the end of this narrative with Justice League, you're going to see a, a different, you know, you're going to see the one that they want to see. This is the, I remember that like way back when, when he was doing a commentary about it, yeah. he was like, you're going to see it. Like, but I, but there's a story that I want to tell to get to that point. I, he's not going to start off, you know, just okay. I want him to go through a certain point. And I, I think, and in, in you see in a lot of Justice League, this, this whole movie, there's a lot of hope was gone. Like the world is dark. Uh, and that's when Dark Side comes. I mean, that's kind of always been the, the thing with that, the new gods with their character is they hit when a world is weak. Um, you're not going to see that. I mean, you, you kind of saw it because they did keep saying, because the Kryptonian is not here, that they don't, they shy away from that. Steppenwolf shied away from Earth because of Superman being here. But now that he was dead, that was when the world is weak now and they don't have a, a team to, to fight him. And that's when yeah. he picks on those type of worlds. So that was kind of like they kept going with that whole thing of, of things getting so dark. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about these, these characters more in a second, but I want to, to get to this point about kind of Snyder's vision for the, you know, these series of films. Sure. I can, yeah, I I think it's clear that there's kind of an arc he wanted that started with Man of Steel evolved into Batman v Superman because, you know, that, the, after Man of Steel, I don't think his plan was to make a movie that throws in Batman. I think he wanted to make another Superman movie and that just didn't kind of, the the forces. Well, there was supposed to be two movies. It was supposed to be. Batman vs. Superman was supposed to be two movies. One would be Batman and one would be Superman. Which makes, but regard, yeah, any of those things make sense, but like the, regardless of what Snyder's vision may be, it certainly didn't turn out the way he wanted it to for a number no. of, for a number of reasons. One of them being right. a very sad right. thing involving Snack, Zack Snyder's family. Like, and that's, right. that's horrible. And there's no real way right. to talk around that. It's just, that's the that's how things happen. It doesn't help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that in addition to that, He's in a world where the internet is just constantly hounding him for either him doing a great job or a terrible job, which is, yeah. it is what it is. That's the nature of the world we're in right now. But for this final product of Justice League, even if there was an intention to lighten things up, which I think there was, it does feel like, and I can only speak just based off what I saw in the movie, that there was a decided shift when Joss Whedon came aboard. And they talk about 15 to 20% right. of the movie, but it feels like more. Like, it feels like there's a lot like of stuff more. changed yeah. here. So, so I want to address that too, yeah. which is, you know, Daryl, you brought up a really good point of, hey, Josh Whedon, or I'm sorry, Zack Snyder really had a vision for Superman. And it's like, yeah, I can see that going there. But for this movie, it really felt like, well, let's just do away with a lot of that. We'll, we'll pepper in some of the whole entire Zack Snyder sadness part of it. But we really just want to get this team assembled. And I, I think that kind of suffers from that, actually. It, it kind of becomes a, a stranger feeling movie because I, when, whenever there's scenes of, um, like Martha Kent or whatever the case is, or uh, Lois Lane. It's like, this feels insignificant to the other parts of the movie. It, it feels like a different movie altogether. You're, you're, and, Abe, you're saying this, but I mean, I think you're speaking to Joss Whedon as if he can only do comedy, but I feel like those scenes feel like Joss Whedon scenes too. Like the, no, the, I, and I'm not, and I'm that's not, his yeah. anger. I mean, and that's yeah. supposed to be, I mean, I'm we not, need I'm not those to like, parts. Yeah, and I, I'm no, definitely too. not trying to shoebox Joss Whedon into just doing comedy or whatever the case is, but I agree with you that you do need those parts. Um, I'm just trying to, I guess, relay that it, it didn't really feel like a natural progression. It, again, if Justice League was two parts of a movie, I'd be okay with that, actually. And remember, you, it was supposed yeah. to be two parts. There was supposed to be Justice League yeah. Part 1 this year and then Justice right. League Part 2 next year. And now it's just, I didn't remember that, actually. Yeah, that, it was supposed to be mm-hmm. two parts, and now we've slowly gone to it's just one thing, and it's 
110 minutes without credits. Like, it's a very short yeah. version of that yeah. thing. And I will say, like, even someone who's, I, I've enjoyed most of these movies, in, even though Suicide Squad was, of course, the weakest one. Um, but I would say that Superman, it, it suffers, Superman's character arc suffers because he didn't get a second movie. Yeah. For, for, like, it, it does suffer for that, from that. And I, I think he always should have gotten a, a second movie. And I think what hurts, it's never good to just have one director control the whole. I agree with that part. Yeah, I always think that. I don't even even if it's a movie that I, I really enjoy, I don't think that they should be the architect for everything because once right. it doesn't, you know, there are things that can be lacking. You don't see it because you're the only one um, controlling all this. But uh, certainly yeah, not one so that's like that, he's not a proven storyteller. Like I like Zack Snyder yeah. films, but like they're mostly. <laughs> I mean, Dawn of the Dead's a James Gunn script. Everything else is an adaptation of something else. So it's like, besides Sucker yeah, Punch, which is his own is a graphic novel, and so is... Uh, so is Watchmen. Uh, so is Watchmen, yeah. And then you have... And I, yeah. That's why I kind of like the two the two director squad type thing. It, it, like, I kind of like that. I, I, I kind of wished that someone could have been that with Snyder. Like, they could have, on purpose, worked together. If you couldn't do it, then, you know, get rid of them. But have it where... The visuals that he he does are incredible. Like there are things he wanted to do in his movie that I really like, but he probably needed someone that's a better storyteller to come in and work with him though, mm-hmm. and 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 make sure to punch in like, hey, this is this is weak in this in this story. We need to we need to flesh this out a little bit more. And they can kind of work together. I think that would have been a better fit. Which is what they basically, like which is what they basically did with Justice League, except they did it after they shot a movie. And right. It was kind of different. It's, I mean, yeah. from, if they had did it from day one. No, yeah, I, right, I, put, yeah. I know. I agree with you. Yeah. But what I was saying yeah. is the the result here is a movie, and right. that's that. And this is assuming that everyone believes Joss Whedon's the greatest thing ever produced by cinema, which people seem to be, because I don't think that quite made it better, just because you have a guy that's good at this thing like it doesn't mean that he's perfect at this thing and because you look at avengers ultron i mean yeah which i like more than the first avengers but go on (laughs) (laughs) no but what i'm saying is like again that feel of hey let's add in some comedy of bruce wayne saying or batman saying yeah i I am bleeding internally you know yeah that stuff is great but great great quote abe exactly like the movie (laughs) yeah no but but what i would have liked to see is the the finish of a zack snyder trilogy or, or whatever the case is you know what i mean and then you can move into the other directors well i would have like that I, it's not great to have the same director on for for everything that's kind of why i'm a little bit kind of like well do we really need to see the russo brothers direct uh, like every other action movie for marvel in the next year maybe not uh but regardless it's just more of you know this justice league movie feels just a little bit too uh totally uneven from almost from scene to scene it's really weird I agree that they, they should have worked together from the from the get go. They would have probably been a totally different movie. Honestly, it's not that if like, they could have. For me, it if wasn't much. Could've. It wasn't much tone. It's just more of the feel no. of the movie if that makes sense. Like I think the you don't think, you don't think it splits up. Like there's like a there. I think there's like a point where there's like a thirty minute back half part of this movie that is looks like it was totally almost redone. It was. Uh, it's a, just a different tone. And then they flash back. Right, like they were saying, they flash back to the the Martha scene and it you're like Ooh, okay this is probably from the original part because it seems like it just stops I would say no that. I don't I don't agree that I the, don't the, that. I don't, I don't, I don't agree that the movie from an emotional standpoint made me feel like there's different okay. erratic tones going on I, I would say Mm-mm. I could 
I can you don't see think this fight sequence. Let, let me finish the point. I could say okay. I could say <laughs> visually, I think there are very key differences between what a Zack Snyder film looks like versus what someone aping a Zack Snyder film looks like. There's a whole okay. there's a whole confrontation scene involving a certain character versus other characters um, that doesn't feel like a Zack Snyder movie, but it feels like something trying okay. to do a Zack Snyder movie. And it's and it, I mean, I think I know what you mean. Yes, yeah. it involves it involves it involves someone that doesn't have a mustache anymore. Right, um, right. That's the same. But like thing. the location of that scene is just like this doesn't feel like Zack Snyder. He wouldn't just shoot in like a grass field like in daylight with just scattered cars around. He'd have like this giant operatic epic sequence going on. Right, and it, it's right. so it's like stuff like that where visually it just feels off when like it, the the kind of the texture of the film feels different from other scenes. Totally, yeah, I, like yeah. how the characters speak to each other, the interactions at yeah. play, all that feels stitched together well enough. N- never where I was like, "Well, this is complete." This is, I I didn't feel that way. I can't. Yeah, I, 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 I'm acknowledging. I'm, acknowledge, I'm acknowledging so the movie has key differences as far as what direction things were going in certain ways, but as far as the kind of how this movie holds itself together, that's why I think it's fun overall because it it, it hits the. It hits the bare minimum of requirements. That's not great. So, so I agree with you on that. <laughs> it's not what it's not. I'm saying it's not great, but at the same time, I I don't think they released a film that feels that that sloppy. It's sloppy for other reasons, but as far as like okay. why are these characters interacting like this? Like it 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 works to, to the degree it does. I think they're right. I think everybody's reasons for doing it kind of helps when they when the enemy does a certain thing that affects each of them. Yeah, because I think I think you don't need to go through. I think that's a great way to do that, where you don't need to go through a whole thing of I don't want to do this. I guess I have to do this. I don't want to do this type thing. I, I think thematically the film works for what it's doing. I think it is trying to champion yeah. this. We need hope. We need we need leaders to inspire us, especially in this year. I think there's there's a lot of good things that come out of what the movie's trying yeah. to do. I just wish it did it better. I I want to talk about the characters. Um, yeah. And I want to start yeah. with Steppenwolf <laughs> because I, I think he's gotten a lot of a lot of kind of uh, almost a bad rap at this point. Because so Kieran Hines voices Steppenwolf, which I didn't realize until after the credit. Because I'm like, well, I saw him in the credits, and I was like, well, I knew, no, I, I knew. Be? Well, I knew before that he was supposed to be the villain, but I was like, watching it, I was like, generally, I'm pretty good at determining what these people look like behind makeup, and then I realized he's just the voice. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. good job, WB, getting all that Kieran Hines money for this movie. <laughs> so, um, but as far as the character, I know people think he's, like, kind of one of these lesser Marvel care villains that, like, no one really cares about. I kind of like that his motivation is, I basically got pantsed by, in public, years ago, and so now I'm back to do an even better job. <laughs> like, it's this kind of, See, like, if, I'm if so embarrassed from the last time I fought, and now I'm gonna fight again. If it painted in that funny of a light, I would have been with it, but it's not. And it, it's no, it's, like, it's taken seriously. Way, it's taken seriously, it's but, taken but, but, seriously, but the, and I was just like, this is the stupidest motivation to, like, be like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna show you guys. No, it's not, it's not stupid. It's human. It's a human, but it's very human. Like, it's a kind of, like, you can relate with that. He felt so bad about the first time he tried something that he's trying again and even harder. <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of, it's kind of ironic. I mean, and that's, it, it, it was such a comic booky. Thing, it is. It's that's exactly because what it that's is. A <laughs> lot of times, that's what the deal is. Like you beat me one time, I'll be back again because I hate that you beat me, and that's <laughs> that's basically Steppenwolf's thing. Yeah. And and when you have Darkseid, who's survival of the fittest, whoever's you know you win in battle, that's how you get favor. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, losing is what you get punished. I mean, that's kind of his deal. That, I mean, that's it speaks. Yeah. It speaks to motivation, which is that's the one thing I can get behind. As far as the villain, his portrayal, it's goofy. It looks like this putty monster that's like come out and fights these characters and never feels threatening. And like even the finale, which which I'm actually happy that the finale doesn't last that long compared to other movies. Like it's not overly done. Like there's not too much action. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but the world never feels in peril. Like, I'm never really concerned. Like, Things I never don't really feel like. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, that speaks to Daryl's point about like, it's less about the villain and more about the the, the drama is if these characters are going to work together or not. And like, so by that logic, it works to that degree. It's more like, OK, once they're together, this is easy street. Like, we can take this guy down in a second. And they pretty much do. So it's but at the same time, if you get the Justice League together, it's because they need to, you know, save the world. And the world didn't really feel like it was about to be destroyed by Putty Monster. So <laughs> is is Steppenwolf a, a major character? In no, the- he's he's one of the soldiers no. of Darkseid. He's never been a he. Like there are characters you send in first. It's like basically you weaken yeah. everybody. It's he's one of the one. He was the uncle. He you send him in to to weaken okay. everybody up, and then that's. You know, if he wins, is great. If he doesn't, oh well. I didn't care okay. about him anyway. Right there. See, yeah, because he seemed pretty. Well, that that's Steppenwolf. Let's get to the he others. Seemed, he seemed pretty lame, right, Marcus? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a lame. <laughs> I mean, he's lame, but I, I, but, but, but I. If, if, if the point of the story is just to get the guys together, then I get it. That that that's that's fine. Well, I think that feels um, pretty clear. I mean, that it's, clear. it's, yeah. it's called yeah. Justice League, not Justice League versus Steppenwolf. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Dawn of Steppen. Dawn of Steppen. This is true. But this let, is true. Let, you let, have a villain, though, so, let, um, Let's talk about these other guys. Let's talk about the new ones specifically, because yeah. we've, we've talked about the others. But uh, but yeah. I do have I do have thoughts on Affleck. But um, Ezra Miller, I think we all can agree he's funny, right? He does his thing. He like works entertainingly. Yeah, is he awkward? Bet, is Barry Allen supposed to be that funny? He's supposed to be what? like the younger and more comedic of the group. Barry yeah, Allen, well, Barry, okay. but in the comics, Barry Allen has pretty much been Batman. Uh, like all of them kind of acted the same. He was um, he was kind of a cop. He's science minded. Yeah. Kind of everybody was the same. I think what they did was instead of making him Wally West in name, they made him Wally West in personality. Yeah. If you look at the yeah. Justice League Unlimited, that was Wally. All of all okay. of that was basically Wally you. West. I plotted all the sightings in Metropolis, Gotham. No pattern I can see. The lines on the map don't converge. On land. These lead back to Braxton Island, between the two cities. Gotham Harbor. These are air vents. They all lead down to the Tunnel to Metropolis project that was abandoned in 29. Do you really think that... Oh, wow, they just... They really just vanish. Huh? Oh. That's rude. I was just curious, because I did like the Flash being the comic relief here, but I was like, you know... Are they, is it because they're they're just trying to jam in some jokes so that it it, it gets everybody lighthearted, or is that just his character? So no, it seems like it's, it's, just, it's, it's just, character. just so convoluted. If yeah. you made him Wally, they'd have to explain, you know, where's Barry? I guess All good. Kinda, All good. Okay, yeah. that works. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. How about Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry? I wish uh, that I he was funnier. I wish he was in, in the movie more. I do wish that too. Yeah, because I liked well, him. Well, I make like it, like Aaron said. I, I it makes me want to see the actual movie which i had yeah. i don't i don't know that i really wanted to see it other than uh the director but i don't know that i really wanted to see it but I now i really it want did to see its it. job it did yeah, its job, it did its job. Yeah. i i i will say the reaction i had following aquaman's like big underwater atlanta scene i was like 
this movie's going to be difficult. Like, everything has to be wet and watery all the time. <laughs> They've got to speak in, like, air bubbles all the time. Like, this movie can't be easy to film, guys. I, I hope James Wan's all right. <laughs> well, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, how he's going to handle it. Like, are they going to talk in air bubbles like that? Or yeah. Are they gonna they're they're all just going to be always at, like, the, the Norway bar. That's where they're yeah, going. Yeah, they, they didn't even get into the... To, you know the using the animals with telepathy we, we don't even know how he's going to use that either well, so. well i did as, like how they broke the movie talks it's mostly the water jace J, uh sorry marcus what'd you say i said i did like how they kind of touched on it they were kind of joking around with it and touched on it in this movie. yeah, uh, yeah I, that that's one of my favorite like scenes that. where Bruce, where where ben affleck kind of at, is like you got to send word out Right to the to the fish. Like, do you do you talk to fish? <laughs> like, he's like he's so confused about right. how this character yeah. works. Right. <laughs> like, how about uh, Ray Fisher as Cyborg? I didn't I realize that him, he man. voiced the the comic cartoon character as well. Um, and I was like, this yeah. is good. I liked him. I I thought that he would be the the I thought he would be a weaker character, but I'm glad that they the way it came out. I I liked how he acted in the movie. I'm, like, I'm glad he didn't just brood. I agree. I thought that he was actually going to be the weakest yeah. of the characters, and he's he turned out to be one of my more favorite ones. I was like, oh, this guy's level-headed. He likes to just try and solve the situation. He's also trying to get used to his body, but I wish I had more backstory. If they're going to give me a cyborg movie, I'll go see it. He's a main foc- focal point of the movie for a little bit, at least for the back half of this movie. Yeah. I've, uh, so I, I think they, I, I like that because I really didn't care. He was the char- character I cared about the least. I, I knew about the least. And going out of it, I actually, hey. And I like how they use him where instead of having to constantly come in and convince him, convince him, convince him, he's he's been listening to everything we're talking about. And even and Wonder Woman knew it. Like, I like that she knew it. It was like we we let him come to us. I I agree. I was the most like on the fence about how they're going to pull this off. It was just going to be like a mess of CG and like some weak backstory or if he was going to work. And it's like, no, I really like Ray. F- and I I have no I have no idea about Ray Fisher. He's new. He's more of a theat- he's like a theatrical actor. Like so I don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't know him. And just so yeah. and so like you because know, with the other characters you at least get kind of this baggage they bring just of who they are already. Like I get right. Jason Momoa as this kind of muscle rock star guy. So it's like I don't need much to make me convinced that he's Aquaman. Or at least this version of Aquaman. <laughs> he does. He comes off as kind. Like there's a yeah. Like Ray Fisher does. Yes. Like, Ray Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. He, he comes off as a very kind character. He's not as hard. Like Aquaman is going to be a little bit of a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to deal with him. Ezra, awkward. You know, Cyborg. He comes off as just. He's a kind guy. He's, he's smart. He's a genius and all that. Yeah. He's a little sad, but he's a kind soul. Like, and I like how that was dealt with without overdoing it. So yeah, I think that you know. You know, you're adding three main characters in this film. I think it does a good job. I think that that's you might not get the kind of amount of backstory you need. And we're in the kind of world where you have to just assume that these other films are going to come along to fill in things. But at the same time, right. in a brief movie that's already been compromised for various reasons, I I do like that these characters worked for me and like seeing them together in scenes. I wish some of those scenes weren't so plain, like just a random warehouse or you know a sound stage of the bat cave just like <laughs> there's more visual <laughs> dynamism going on but they still interact uh, entertainingly which i think you know goes a long way for a movie yeah. like this yeah i like the arguments I, I like i like the arguments between them about things now i i'm curious if you did, about ben affleck as bruce wayne here because i have an issue mm. with him i i think he's actually the weakest of the justice league in this film and 
mainly because I'm a huge Batman fan, so he's letting me down. But also, I feel like Affleck just feels either tired or just doesn't care. Like, there's reshoots or what have you where... And you can tell that in some scenes, just based off beard length and how things are going. But, <laughs> but um, he just and size of the bat suit. But it's just like compared to BVS, where I think he was very strong. This feels different, mm-hmm. and it's like less be not to, not just because like his whole character's outlook has changed because he suddenly realizes that Superman was useful, but just I think being tired of making this movie, which is kind of a shame. Cause it's only been like uh, you know it hasn't been that long. It's not like he's been James Bond for you know. 10 years he's only been batman for what three years in in filming time and movie time it's been this is the second year that he's been batman icebergs in the harbor four months since the last ship got through well the stranger doesn't come by ship there are enemies coming from far away i need warriors i'm building an alliance to defend ourselves you should get out. Can you at least point me to Atlantis? Arthur Curry. Also known as protector of the oceans, the Aquaman. I hear you can talk to fish. Everything happened to him at the same I mean, I, I think it added all some of his personal stuff like his own yes. movie yeah. was was not good and mm-hmm. I, and when he made that other movie it seemed like he was in a bad place too because he can make better movies than that so it, it see, I, I think it is i don't mind if they get if they make a bring a new actor into it j- i don't just don't do a story about it and just have him walk in the room as a new actor <laughs> i don't i don't he, he, he seems tired he did he do i do just like it did Rhodes. I just had to do james Rhodes. he walks in the room Wonder Woman says, "You look refreshed." And leave it at that. And, Wait a minute, and keep that's not, not Terrence. <laughs> so, so Daryl, you you see what I'm saying though? Then, like, like yeah, he does he does there's a tiredness to him that, and I and I like a lot of his movies. I'm a, I like Ben Affleck, but you can tell he he kind of looks like this is I've seen him more lively. He's been even more lively in Daredevil than this. So it's like, it, it's just something, you just seem like he's just tired, like all of it. Like he just wants to walk away for a minute and take yeah. a break. I, I didn't notice it as much as you guys until you guys brought it up. I did notice it with the character that Aaron I will get to. Like his best scenes were the scenes where he was telling Diana how tired he was. When he's having a drink. Toasty. That's it, a literal Ben Affleck. Like, it just seemed like it was so real. Like when he was saying to Diana, I should have stopped doing this years ago. You're, like I'm like already. Somebody said, roll the camera. That yeah. seemed like such a, it seemed like such a genuine conversation with him. Like I just, you know, like this is, I, I can barely do this now. It, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm done. If we had known that Live by Night was going to be the reason why he's going to give up on Bruce Wayne, we should have all gone to see Live by Night. <laughs> Abe, who are you referring to? Uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. You, you thought she seemed tired? I thought that... No, I, I think that her character seemed less... Uh, less altruistic than than her individual movie. I, I, I think it's... We're coming off of a great Gal Gadot first performance, and now she is, like I said, background noise. Well, she has her scenes, and now she's I, background. I, I, kind I, of, I would disagree I with that. I think I think it's the movie's fault. I Gal would disagree fault. with that because I think for the movie, for the narrative of this film, you can kind of see the character Bruce Wayne kind of pushing her to. 
and I get that. And I, I understand why. Like when you when you bring up the Trevor stuff, right? I, you think to yourself, "Oh yeah, that's right." Like the last, I can understand it if she goes solo. She's been doing solo stuff around the world without causing any noise, because the last time she led people, one of them died. Who was someone she was she happened to kind of fell in love with at the time. So I get it. Like I, I so when she's reluctant, I understand her reluctance to do this without her having to play the like Superman used to do this too in the comics where they would be like, I can do this on my own. I don't need the team because I have to worry about everybody getting killed. I don't want to have to worry about that when I'm when I'm doing this. And that's kind of what Wonder Woman, but instead of it but it's different when she's doing it in a different way. Instead of like saying it over and over again, I don't want people to get killed because of me. She just kind of pulls back. Like she and fades she, into the background. She and I, fades, and I get but that. then she pushed, but then but then she's yeah, done she things all around the movie. Like she let Cyborg hear her talk to Batman because she knew it was better to let him hear her and Batman talk about this than to come at him and bother him. Like she didn't yeah. push it. And and Batman would have pushed him. And that would have been the wrong way to go with Cyborg, but she understood. Like she understands people better than than Batman does. Uh, it, in this, so, so do you do you think if somebody was a big fan of Wonder Woman and they came into this movie, they would be? They would. I've already talked to I've already talked to people okay. that uh, from uh, my Nothing's On show where we do movies and and TV, and they hit me up already, and they said they're very happy. Some even said happy. there was a few women who said they were happy happier with with this uh, one. with the way that she where they pushed her in in a leadership role now they're glad that she's in a leadership role now right uh as opposed to because this is someone who's never led like there's never been a, a wonder woman leading a team kind of thing so they're happy that they led her but i think they needed i i like that you had to see it happen like she's already right. leading she's already been leading like she's already every time bruce wayne does something he shouldn't she comes in and says, no, this is not you it's, know, like it speaks to how the characters arcs are supposed to and how it I'm not trying to reference Avengers too much. And it's honestly I've been very reluctant to any mention any Marvel stuff. But you can see how like Batman is more you, you can see how Batman is more the Tony Stark and she's the, you know, the cap where they're both kind of yeah, leaders yeah. in different see, ways. Yeah, yeah, but even even in that light, I didn't get a sense of I mean. I guess but there's also a reason Avengers made two billion dollars and <laughs> Justice League opened up ninety six. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's a there's a clear difference in that, quality. It's just that when you see when you watch Wonder Woman, the standalone film, you do get a sense that Diana Prince is all gung ho for justice and for for um, trying to stop injustices, right? Well, justice is a little uh, more pronounced in that movie versus this one, where it's a bit ambiguous right. until there's an actual threat that's on the on the Earth, which I think is kind of just. I don't know. I, I I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't feel that the characters were really given enough motivation for me to say, okay, well, it's pretty clear why they're going to be joining this this Justice League here. I mean, that that's sort of uh, all that it amounts to. It's just that I felt that it could have it could have uh, fared better if he had given a little bit more time to each one of these individuals in the movie itself. I even though it's like a two-hour runtime, I wouldn't have minded a two-and-a-half-hour movie if I had been given... Yeah, uh, I, I, I can agree. Where, but I get the fear. But I get or, the fear. Yeah, or, yeah, or given, yeah. you know, aside from being pushed by Batman, if I had seen something like a flashback sequence, much the same way that Captain America is punching, you know, uh, body bags 
in in the gym just one after another it's like okay well i see now why he doesn't want to do some of this stuff right but in any case uh that that's an editing thing and if they're gonna have like a full-on four-hour movie on the the blu-ray or whatever the case see, is that's that's a weird thing like i'm willing I, to watch that I, i'd be willing to watch, but i don't think it's going to exist i think this is more like rogue one as opposed to rogue one as opposed to batman v superman as far as because you have different directors and all kinds of things involved in reshoots, you're not really going to get much more material. <laughs> Just like you're not going to see like the other version of Rogue One and how that, you know, how those reshoots affected it. That's never going to come out. Where... I would hope for an ultimate version, though, where they do throw in. I hope that. They I, I mean, I'm sure plenty of fans that hope that they, they can see more of Justice League, but I just. I'll be I'll be surprised if it's a significant amount of additional material available to watch. I don't know, because movie. Snyder likes to do complete scenes that's that's the only reason why we got the ultimate version anyway is because instead of and that, not doing a full yeah. thing he likes to do a full at least in the beginning like i could see him like he did do uh, a large percentage of the film i could see there'd be extra material that they that they still have that's done and the the only issue i see is that it's just not his film anymore which is a really sad thing to say but i know that the amount of money that it made from doing the ultimate cut uh-huh uh, that's the only reason why I'm saying it, because it made money. Yeah. Like, be, there was a profit in doing that ultimate cut that was favorable, and this is a business. I could see them doing the ultimate cut just because of that, because previous ultimate cuts have worked. By, by that logic, I can understand it. I'm, I'm, very, I'm just very curious about how much the kind of additional material outweighs reshot material, because I think that'll make the difference in I see what, kind of, what kind yeah, of release some of that, out. yeah. Right. Um, any other thoughts on Justice League? Because we got to keep going, and I got to wrap up. So, <laughs> any other any other thoughts on Justice League? It's a mixed bag. It's hard not to get. I mean, there are other things that I enjoyed too, but it's hard not to do. It's hard to do that without getting into stuff that you don't want to spoil yeah. for people. Uh, there's enough movie here where maybe we'll even get like another bonus episode and talk more about spoilery type stuff in the, in the future in some way after everyone's seen this or something. But uh, right. I, I, well, my last my last thing is just that I find it very curious why batman would try and stop a, a perpetrator and then just open up his comms and loudly proclaim alfred did you capture that and the guy's just like hmm okay the guy's like three feet away from him why now he can what does he know alfred he doesn't know anything yeah he doesn't know there's some guy named alfred <laughs> how many alfreds are there <laughs> how many alfreds are there in gotham city well none because wayne manor's not in gotham city <laughs> yeah he is. is it outside the city limits <laughs> <laughs> Who, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's random. What's a good thing you can say about Justice League? <laughs> it's uh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it makes me want to see the other movies. There we go. There we didn't talk about movie. any of the support. I mean, because there's not that's much supporting true. people. That's but true. Yeah, it, it does make me want to see a standalone Aquaman movie and a standalone Cyborg movie. We even talked much about the... the Fine. We haven't talked well, much about so the, many... We haven't talked okay. much about the action. Is there anything you guys want to say about the action? Because there is quite a bit in this movie. I think I, like I said, it. go ahead. Well, the the Wonder Woman. I love that Wonder Woman scene. Like that really got me, you know, hyped for that. The way that she did that, uh, the, the the deflecting all the bullets. I mean, that's something I love. You see it in comic books, but it's a different thing to see it live action. How they're going to do it. Um, I like to see Flash. Like I loved Flash, who's not coordinated yet. This uh -huh. is still an uncoordinated Flash, and I like how um, speed is great. But if you're not trained yet, you can see the mistakes in it. And I like <coughs> kind of how they showed that. Like he, you know, and I like 
there were scenes that I did like. I like when Ben, when 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 uh, Bruce told him when Flash got scared uh, when he was like, "You save one person at a time. You focus on one person at a time, and then you see if you want to keep doing this." Like that's a Batman yeah. moment that you, we haven't seen yet for him to do something like that. That's a Batman when a Robin, yeah, and a, and a Nightwing moment. Right. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um. See, I'm afraid of bugs and um, guns and obnoxiously tall people and murder, and I can't be here. It's really cool. You guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but full transparency, I've never done battle. I've just pushed some people and run away. Save one. What? Save one person. Uh, which one? Don't talk. Don't fight. Get in. Get one out. And, and then? You'll know. Okay. Let me let me ask Marcus then. Don't liking it. Let me ask Marcus because he's you know as he's said himself he's not like he's he's not bringing much baggage as far as being a comic fan. He's just more of I'm going in because I want to see this thing. Did you what? How did you find those like individual scenes? Um, the the individual fight scenes. No, no, the individual like scenes of people talking to each other and like what the weight that inherently comes behind them. Did you find them? Yeah. Okay. So 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 the the scenes that Daryl were talking about and 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 there's another scene. uh, Um that I can't really get into that I think we've touched on already. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, they work. I, I think there's scenes that are overly CGI that really don't work and they look pretty sloppy, but uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're the bigger ones. They're the bigger giant battle sequences and the, and the, and the, and the bigger stuff that I'm used to seeing in, in, in Zack Snyder films, but it just, I don't know how well they work for me and it might've muddied, other stuff but yeah other than that i it, it, it was a mixed bag it was a mixed bag. some of them i liked some of them i, I really didn't all right um let's see i guess we can wrap up I'm trying to think oh oh the last thing i want to mention um danny elfman's score in this film um i will say that i was distracted whenever themes came up from other movies when you hear batman's theme or when Superman's you hear theme, yeah when you hear danny elfman's you're like this is a really fucking good score i kind of, i like that yeah i like how they and i was that. like this this is like I, i'm glad that they're playing it but this is like this beats out any of the the other scores for the individuals they didn't really play gal gadot wonder woman's guitar riff thing just it, come, it comes out at the beginning yeah. yeah yeah i think but that was that, that's that's batman's score was just bank. like this is fantastic well okay so you guys are saying this i'm trying to make sure i make that i said this correctly i don't like this score for this movie let me say that more clearly because it doesn't fit with it i well it's uh, it's I not just, a matter of not fit it just it felt distracting like, this is a really good score like this this score again i just outbeats all the other scores even though i agree with you that sometimes it doesn't fit with it i just felt distracted every time i heard something familiar like i when for michael keaton to show up no it's the well yeah but i mean it's the, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where i'm like danny elfman's pretty good at composing music he's been doing it for you know multiple decades i like to think he can create some new music for people as opposed to just rehashing stuff and i get the idea but it's like this isn't an homage it's not a parody it's its own movie it's set in a new universe i'd like to kind of hear i'd like to hear something new from a guy that knows how to create new themes at the beginning i liked it i like like there's a when that whole bank scene of Wonder Woman, there's like a whole kind of Danny Elfman, like that felt like, oh, that's like classic Danny Elfman type stuff. That's like, it's juxtaposing violence with his kind of oingo boingo but it just, it doesn't, it just fades out for me. It just kind of becomes generic mixed with, you know, here's Batman's theme now. And it's like, okay, like, 
fine. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I would have liked to hear something more. That's, I mean, and that's a problem with scores in general for a lot of these big movies where it's just nothing, I mean, because you can say the same about a lot of the MCU stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I had issues with it. Daryl, you liked it. That's great. I'm happy for you. Like, I just, I, I wish I, I wish I could have gotten on board with it more. Yeah. I don't right. know that it. Yeah. I don't know that it bothered me. I don't know that I even paid attention much to it. Fair I, enough. I know. I yeah. did, now that you're saying it, I, I I can see where they came in, but yeah, it was so it was, subtle. I thought like it, was, it wasn't. It was so subtle. There's a couple moments towards the end where like the Batmobile's roaring through a building and the theme kicks in. It's like yeah, it's like all right. If he if they cut to him like playing his damn radio, it's like well that's kind of funny, but like it's not doing that. It's just like okay, here it is. Oh. Uh, not to get too long, but I, I also find it very um, kind of kind of boring that they would focus in on one family that's in distress. And I, and I, understand, I understand that they're trying to basically say, hey, by the way, you know what? This whole entire town is in distress. But it's like it kind of speaks to Aaron's point of, you know, this set is just not very big. So I guess only one family we're going to focus on, even though whenever everyone's running out, it's an entire city that's running out. It's just kind that of, seems to be a trope that they do with all uh, most superhero movies that they need to. I don't I don't like need to find a better way family. to do it. Yeah, they focus on that one family to kind of show you, you know, like what, this to make it personal that this is what's going on. This is what's happening. But uh, yeah, they do it so it's much. Tell that to the people of Sokovia, Daryl. Yes, well, that's true. <laughs> that's so true. Anyway, all right. Uh, when should people go and see Justice League? Abe, I think you could actually wait for uh, for Blu-ray here. Marcus, um, kind of, I'm still on the fence. Um, if you're a fan, go see them in theaters. Daryl, when when should people see the Justice League? Uh, I, I say now. Uh, I say right now. I think it's fun enough. I mean, if you're going to see this movie with these characters for a long, for the first time and probably a, a long time after until you get another Justice League movie, um, yeah, it's it's fine. Like it's not the best, but I think it's fun enough, and you know, big screen is good enough for it. I wish it was visually better, uh, honestly, but like it's fun enough to watch. Um, there's just a lot of other good stuff out also. Um, yeah. all right, let's move on now. Let's get to, let's get to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where we go over the various, uh, questions and answers that were given to us and responded to us by listeners. Uh, we asked a number of questions and you gave us answers. So we're going to do that right yeah. now. Abe? So first question is, uh, what are your favorite movie team-ups justin has the incredibles and chris has the dirty dozen and oceans 11 you guys have any other favorite movie team-ups uh bad boys bad boys <laughs> yeah i love that Mike Lowry. that's a good one that's i good love one. bad boys yeah that's i a, love that uh hmm. i mean there's so many i mean lethal weapon yeah lethal i mean yeah, um, I know there's others in my head, and after probably, I'm done with the show, like, I'll be thinking uh, of all of them. It's all good. That's, those are two good ones uh, right there. Yeah, those are good ones. You Even know? like Thor and Hulk and Thor Ragnarok? I feel yeah. like those are kind of givens, right? <laughs> they're, they're still answers. They're good. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Favorite movies about characters living a double life? Justin writes The Incredibles, Superman, the original, Batman, Michael Keaton's 89 version, Mrs. Doubtfire, 
and I think Secret <laughs> Walt, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty also fits. This uh, is Doubtfire. I, I laughed out loud at when I read that. I was like, that's yeah, a good one. Just <laughs> like every single superhero movie. Not all of them. I mean, like most well, of, almost all. Like the Some MCU movies, no one pretty much has an identity in that. Movie. Yeah, there's no such thing as an, a secret identity over there. Chris writes uh, for Double Life, uh, Brokeback Mountain, and ah, The Incredibles. How did I miss that? Of course. Uh, and Jason writes uh, the Lego Batman movie because Robin does now know that he has two dads. Wow. <laughs> I know. That's a good one. Uh, I'd also like to add in uh, Aladdin because sometimes he's Prince Ali, but sometimes he's Aladdin. Um, <laughs> one, one is not necessarily better than the other. I think they both have good hearts, but one is kind of like a chauvinist, right? So. Does the genie live a life inside the lamp? No. <laughs> that's, that's the sad uh, thing about it's genie. No. It's very depressing. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question is, what is your favorite movie, Henchman or Minion? Catherine writes Marvin from Home Alone. Uh, Marv, which is played by, what's his face? Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, yep. Uh, Justin has Odd Job. Uh, Jason writes either Otis or Bab from Bob. Uh, Bob Bob the Goon. Chris has Richard Steele, oh. uh, yeah, also known as Jaws. Uh, and lastly, Greg has Salacious B. Crumb. It's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Evil henchman or minion, guys? Uh, hmm. I'm going. I'm sticking uh, with Salacious Crumb. That's just a good answer. I'm gonna go with LeFou. Oh, okay. What about that guy from uh, Blazing Saddles that punched the horse? Mongo. Mongo. Oh, no, yeah. That's yeah. my new answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that one. Marcus, Marcus, that's like one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, next question. What films left you feeling inspired or hopeful? Uh, Chris writes Eddie the Eagle and The Shawshank Redemption. Jason writes Spider-Man 1 and 2, Man of Steel, Batman Begins, Lego Batman movie, Wonder Woman, Captain America, The First Avenger. And Justin writes The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Hmm. <laughs> Movies feeling inspired or hopeful? Hmm. Get on the bus was inspiring, I think, to me. Alright. Um, Honestly, the, the, the three Dunkirk films that came out this year were all like varying levels of inspired or hopeful. Including the documentary? No, the Their Finest, Darkest Hours, and Dunkirk. Mm, that's a good one. Oh. Uh, I'm going to throw in there... Hmm. Feeling inspired. Uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yep. Do do cocaine and and turn in your buddies. Yep. And turn in your friends when they offer <laughs> your deal. What about Rocky? Rocky is Rocky. a great one. That's yeah. One. Creed. Yeah. All the Rockies and Creed. All the Rockies. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Most yeah. sports movies. Most <laughs> yeah. sports movies. Million dollar arm, of course, Abe. Million Remember dollar arm. You know, John Hamm really finds those South Asian kids some some, <laughs> some ways to make money. Anyway, I guess a lot of dramas too. So, um, next question: What are what other DC comic book characters have you been waiting to see, and who would you want to play them? Jason has Idris Elba as Martian Manhunter, Nathan oh. Fillion as the Atom. Bruce Campbell as Plastic Man, and Matt Damon as Green Arrow. 
Phil has uh, Jason Todd played by Taron Edgerton. Chris has Deathstroke played by Harry Bardem. You already got Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Well, you got to wait for the. You got to watch the whole movie. Uh, Justin has Adam played by Vince Vaughn, and lastly, Jason has also Two Face as uh, played by Josh Brolin. Yeah, I would like that. That was some good answers there. Solid answers. Bruce Campbell's Plastic Man. That's pretty gold. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, he could do that. He he could play Plastic Man. Um, Or Ralph Didney. uh, Illuminated Man. One or the other. Um, I would say for sure. Idris Elba, I'd love him to play Jon Stewart, I think. Yeah, Screen Lantern, yeah. I would would love that. That'd be great. Uh, Seeing him in in Thor made me want to... It's like, damn! I want to see him play also, like a major character. You're doing and, more and to do. Like, you know, yeah, like that whole entire epic background story fight. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool that they had some people from off planet on the on the fight. I totally forgot about them. So. I would I would watch a whole film of him just saving those Asgardians. Like I just wanted that. Like it, it was just cool to watch him him doing all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to see that. I'd like to see. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, Power Girl, I'd like to see used. Vixen, I'd like to see on the big screen. Um, Shazam, which is going to be on Shazam the big is happening, screen. Right? Yeah, that's With, happening. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> anyway, what's Rex the name? Wonder Dog. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, Wonder Girl. I'd, I'd I would love to see uh, Nightwing. Like, I, he's one of my favorites too. Yeah, and supposed to be happening, but who knows? Now I don't know. Our next question we have here is: uh, What are your who are your favorite team leaders in film? Uh, Chris writes Patrick Stewart in Point Break and Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze. Pat, sorry, Pat. Sorry, Patrick. Stewart. I was about to say Patrick, Patrick Swayze in Point Break and Roadhouse. <laughs> Justin adds Captain Miller. Uh, Jim Lovell, again, Tom Hanks, but he plays a great leader, so just Tom Hanks, basically. Yeah. Right. Uh, and Jason writes Hellboy, Captain America, and Thor. Those aren't bad. I mean, I would add in Timon and Pumbaa because they really helped Simba, you know, become a Lion King. That's more mentor than leader. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Good point. I was going to say J.K. Simmons in uh, Whiplash, but that's a mentor. Too. I, I would say Morgan Freeman in any movie where he's a mentor. Oh, yeah. Okay. That dude can inspire you to to fight a gorilla that's gigantic <laughs> until you get they killed. Have that be, yeah. yeah, they should you have just, that. You page. run up to it and then it just squishes you. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we move to questions for everybody here on the panel. Jason S. Everyone here today. What would you want to see out of Gareth Evans' Deathstroke movie? Uh, many a layer, a very layered character. I do not want to see him just being the brute that's just killing everybody. Um, I'd like to see the whole, you know, like him having, you know, issues with losing kids and, you know, and not being, being an unfit father and, um, you know, and, and that whole thing in the mix and having a code of honor though, even though he's a villain. He still has a code. He's always had a code. Like that kind of makes him different than the average killer. Yeah. So he's like the uh, the Dark Punisher. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. The Dark Punisher. 
<laughs> right. It's a, sounds a little redundant. But... Yeah, it's like the Punisher. Is... V- villain Punisher. <laughs> villain Punisher. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's go to our next question. Justin asks, as a movie critic, have you ever seen a movie that really made you feel emotionally connected to the characters or story? What was it? How did you connect? For me, obviously, Walter Mitty connected with me. I have always felt like I was meant for something greater. I have always been a dreamer, afraid to take chances. Well, we're giving you the green light, Justin, to take chances every day. Um, The movie that most recently made me feel kind of, I guess, emotionally connected was actually Blade Runner 2049, because I felt really bad for an android in Ryan got kind of thinking that he may have been part of something bigger. And I was like, this is super depressing. And also he wants to have uh, connections and feelings with other people. But, and the only person that he really has it with is another program, which I also found very depressing. So it was a very, it was a pretty interesting feeling because you know that these people are androids and, or, you know, not really having quote unquote human, um, human emotions. But at the same time, what is that? Like, how do you define that in the future where everything is so interconnected through machines? Anyway, uh, Creed. I would, I would say Creed. Um, good one. <clears throat> yeah, connected with them. Like being that age when you, when you, you know, being when I was that age, trying to connect and and to try to figure out who you want to be and and looking at your, you know, your family and 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 uh, do you fit in those boxes? And kind of breaking out of those boxes and doing what you want to do. Um, I felt kind of connected with Get Out, but in all the good ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean you mean uh, uh, Golden Globe nominated comedy Get Out? That's right. Stay woke. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love Jordan Peele's just reply to that response, which is fantastic. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, did too. Aaron, did you have any movies that you felt emotionally connected to? There's one we'll talk about next week that we'll get to. Um, How dare you? <laughs> How dare you tease me like that? I haven't seen it yet. Animated films in general, though, I think there's a lot there that you can work with. I mean, we've talked a lot about Paranorman, for example, and I think that's like a really good example for a good reason. I think it just those films end up working. Indeed. Well, that was feedback. 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 Let's move on now. Hey, what uh, what time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for a very quick game here. Three. Three games? <laughs> Little known fact, that was actually the, the melody that Bruce Wayne engineers to stop all those hive guys um, in the movie. Yes, I remember it, that. It sounds familiar, right? Sounds Aaron cool. actually made that. He submitted it. That was, so. of course, the improv theme for games. Gabe, <laughs> hey, what, what do you got over this week? This week? I've, got a, I've got a game for you guys. It's on a scale of, and it's Team Assemble Edition. These are all team movies, and I'd like, to give, or I'd like you to give me the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, as close as you can, no press is right rules, so you can be over, but uh, just name me what you think the Rotten Tomatoes percentage score is for okay, these multi- teams. Multiple choice, I'm down. This is, I can't, you could actually win I this one. You can't be artist. wrong. Here we go here. The Expendables. Aaron? So you're going for Rotten Tomatoes score? Rotten Tomatoes score. The first, the first Expendables? Yep. 50. Okay. And, uh, Daryl? Uh, 70. 70? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say 69. 
69. A very close one. Aaron is the closest. It is 42. <laughs> oh. Here we go here. Fast five. Daryl? Ooh. Uh, 40? 40. Said Marcus? I'm going to say fast five. I'm going to say like 85. I think it, I think it did really well. 85. And Aaron? I'm more along that line. I'll, I'll go a little low. I'll say like 75. It is 77, so Aaron, oh, you get that one. Pitch perfect. Marcus? Um, 80. And Aaron? Which one? Pitch perfect, the first one. The first what? That you cut out. The first one. Pitch per- perfect. Oh, pitch perfect. Um, 60. And Daryl? Uh, 49. Marcus, it is exactly 80. Oh, oh yes. I win. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that just yet, but, you know. <laughs> uh, next one here. fan Fantastic, the 2015 Fantastic Four movie. Uh, Aaron? 18. No, 18. wait. No, I'll go lower. Oh, 10. Oh, 12. 10. 12. What? Okay. All right. I'll let you have that one here. Uh, Daryl? Five. Five and I, Marcus. I was gonna say four, four, four. Well, that would be very yeah. apropos that if would, it was. Yes, please. It is nine oh. and nine. You'd be three away, Aaron, and unfortunately, Mar- or Daryl, you'd be four away. So, Aaron, you get that point. Next one here: Saving Private Ryan, Daryl. Uh, I guess I would think seventy. Okay. And Marcus? That's got to be 90. 90. It's got to be 91. I'll go 91. Okay, and Aaron? 96. It is 92. So, Marcus, you get that one. Marcus is in contention here. Starship Troopers, Aaron? 49. 49. Daryl? 40. 40. And Marcus? Oh, I'll go 42. 42. It is 63, so Aaron, you get that one. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014. Marcus? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll say um, 25. 25. Aaron? 30. 30. And Daryl? 20. 20. Whew. Uh, Daryl, you get that one. It was 22. Martin, so <laughs> wow. Close. So close. Uh, X-Men 2. X-Men United. X2. X-Men United. Daryl? Uh, I would say 60. 60. Marcus? I'll say uh, 72. 72 and Aaron? 85. 85. Aaron, you're the closest. It is 87. Yeah, people like people, X2. Yeah, people like yeah, X2. Great. The wow. A-team. Aaron? Uh, I like the A-team, but it's low. It's like 22 or something like that. Okay, 22. And Daryl? I would say 15. 15. Okay. I'll, I'll say 33. 33. It is 47. Marcus, you get that one. Hmm. All right, all right. And lastly, the Muppets. 
The new Muppets? Uh, yeah, the one with uh, Jason Segel. Uh, Aaron? 80. 80? Daryl? Uh, just, uh, 40. 40? 40? <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus? I'll say, uh, 85. 85. And the answer is 96. So, Marcus, you get that one. Let me do a quick tally here. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Aaron, you win by one oh. ahead. All right. And good showing by Daryl getting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How did I do? You you got four. Aaron got oh. five. <laughs> good job, guys. All that right. Was good. Well, four is great. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that was that was, that was games. Let's start wrapping up here. Let's do a little out and out for what's out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. First up, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Go see it. It's great. Next up, The Hitman's Bodyguard. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Eh. That's about <laughs> right. Um, Leap. I've heard that it was good. I've Maybe heard good things. things. Yeah. Um, let's see. The Villainous. This is a, um, I think it's like a Hong Kong action film. It's another, like, I've, I've heard good things as far as, like, it's better than, like, Atomic Blonde. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a really good action film with a female lead. Okay. Uh, good Time. It's fantastic. Robert Pattinson. It's great. It's a great movie. Heartily recommend. Uh, Birth of the Dragon. I've heard it's terrible. I heard it's really terrible. Uh, Jungle. This is a movie of Daniel Radcliffe from the director of Wolf Creek. It's like he gets uh, lost in the jungle. Views on it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. true story of, of the of the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, California Typewriter. This is a documentary produced and starring Tom Hanks. Uh, he's a big sure. typewriter guy. He's an American hero, he's so... A, he's a big yeah. fan of typewriters. <laughs> uh, Beach Rats. Which one? Beach Rats. It's like, a, it's like an indie. Came out, I think, at the reviews. Okay. And let's see, Dolores Claiborne on Warner Archive this week. Oh, okay. This is a Stephen King film with Kathy Bates, uh, which largely gets overlooked, but I, I know it says like a lot of like high notice. Like people really like this movie. Mm, okay. And if you've seen Gerald's Game, there is an eclipse featured in that film that is the same eclipse featured in Dolores Claiborne. Because once again, not not a sequel to Jerry's Game. Yes, just Gerald's Game. <laughs> and lastly, on Criterion this week, Jabberwocky, uh, one of Terry Gilliam's first films. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, the Jabberwockies. No. Yeah, no, Jabberwocky. Singular. Okay. <laughs> Last, uh, next thing here. Extremely cool. These things are now streaming on Netflix. First up, The Punisher. I've heard good things. I've watched the Seen first two, um, which I like quite a bit. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Daryl, you start The Punisher? Yeah, I'm only one in right now. I didn't really get a chance to watch anymore yet. Uh-huh. But I liked it. I enjoyed the first episode. And Marcus accidentally turned his camera on. Did I? Yep. <laughs> it's asking if we want to see it, but okay. we don't. Okay. I have... Daryl wants to show video. Okay, don't worry about it. Okay. Next up, uh, Mudbound, which Marcus and I have seen so far, and it's really good, yeah. and you should Watch see it. Watch it. Watch it. Uh, next is Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, with a very special contractually obligated mention to Tony, Tony Clifton. Um, it's on Netflix now. It's a good one. I'd recommend it for the reasons I said earlier. Cool. 
Uh, let's see. Brian Reagan, Nunchucks and Flamethrowers. Regan, Nunchucks and Flamethrowers. Comedy special from comedian Brian Regan. I'm a fan of his. I I'm a fan of his, too. I'll check that one out. And lastly, Godless. This is a new um, Western series coming on Netflix from produced by Soderbergh and directed written by Scott Frank. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Yeah, that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week we're talking Coco. I have no, no reaction to it because I couldn't think of a joke fast enough. It's the name they call uh, George Costanza. <laughs> of, uh, he wants to be T-Bone. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we're talking Coco next week. Happy Thanksgiving in advance, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving! Oh, yeah. And the last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Marcus Robinson, what should people go and see in theaters right now? Um, Thor. I would say, still say Thor. Mudbound, I mean. But Thor, I really I really enjoyed it. And what do you see next? And what comes out this week? Well, Coco yeah, comes out Coco. this week. Man, oh, Coco, yeah, of course. What am I talking about? Coco, obviously. Daryl Taylor, what's people going to see in theaters right now? I don't even know what's out besides... Um, I'd say Justice League, of course. Fair enough. I enjoyed it. Um, damn, what else is out right now? I've been so in work, I have been looking past yeah, this. What movies I know, you, I know you'd, you'd heartily recommend that movie. <laughs> Daddy's Home 2. Daddy's Home 2. Daddy's home oh, God, no. No, not that one. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, anything but Daddy's Home 2. There you go. About that? What are you going to see next? There you go. That's a strong one. Uh, damn, I don't even know what I'm going to see next. <laughs> the only thing I know in my mind is like Star Wars is the only thing I, I know. It's a good default like, answer. Okay. Good. Yeah, that's a deep pull. <laughs> that should be the only thing in <laughs> Abe, how about you? Definitely recommend Thor Ragnarok. And also, if you feel so inclined to see Agatha Christie, I would recommend Murder on the Orient Express. I was mixed positive, mixed on it. Um, next, Coco. Um, I would say in theaters right now, you can see Lady Bird, which is expanded wider. Three billboards. How dare you name all these independent great movies. It's like they're expanding wider. You have a chance. You can see Lady Bird right now. Yeah, Abe. You yeah, can go after yeah. this podcast and watch it. <laughs> uh, three board, three billboards outside of Missouri, which is also fantastic. We have a, we, there's going to be some off weeks in the coming weeks because there's not going to be much stuff coming out. We're going to have a lot of chances to talk we're about. Have a lot of chatter. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk. Hopefully, get like uh, uh, Mark Johnson on here too because he's a big awards guy. Get some talk about buzz and whatnot. But yeah, there's a lot of smaller <laughs> films like this, like Shape of Waters coming out soon, and even Disaster Artist is coming out soon. Like there's a lot of these little films. I mentioned yep. Itania earlier. Like there's a lot of little films that are slowly being released or already in release. But yeah, th- those two specifically are really good. Also, Mudbound, you don't even have to leave your home. Like this is easy now. Like last year, you could watch it on your phone. Last year, I was talking all about Queen Akatsue and how it's great and uplifting, and you get more films like it if you champion that movie. You don't even have to leave your house now, and you can see Mudbound, which is fantastic. So it's it's I'm just making it simple every week for you. Good guys. point. Yes. Good Try point. to watch it on the biggest screen you can. Though. Yeah, get yeah, go to your friend's house who has the bigger LED TV, yeah. like the OLED TV, it. and you know go for that. Now, <laughs> now oh, their name endorses OLED TVs. Yes. Uh, next up, I'm actually I'm seeing the post in a couple weeks, which I'm really excited oh, really? about. Really? Yeah. Okay. These these award screeners, guys. These are these are kind of awesome. I mean, Getting stuff you know, done. It's your job. It you know it's it's nice. Uh, it, you get some get some I, more I access to things lately. I typed in the post on Rotten Tomatoes and hit enter. The movie that comes up is Alexis Bideal in Postgrad. Okay. But yeah, I I'm <laughs> I'm seeing Spielberg's The Post, which uh, yeah that go. should be exciting Great. to see. 
And with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now, Throwing Your Name. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over there as well as on Lights of Blue. You can also find me writing on We Live Entertainment. You guys mentioned Get Out as a comedy. I wrote a whole essay about that very topic at We Live Entertainment. Uh, and you can also find me at Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Find more fun stuff over at Okadoka on Instagram and Twitter.com slash Walrusmoose. Hashtag justice forever. Daryl Taylor, where can people find more of your work online? Daryl? I think Daryl's on mute. <laughs> <laughs> he got it. He got oh, it. You can, you can find me on uh, uh, TaylorNargoPodcast.com. Uh, uh, bunch of podcasts on there. You can look on and see. You can follow me on the Voice One Two Three on Twitter, and you'll see um, all the uh, podcasts that are featured on the network. Great, Marcus Robinson. Where can people find more of your work? Uh, Movies Marcus on Twitter and MoviesMarcus.com. I'll I'll get some content up there eventually. Okay. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. Listen to us over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Uh, feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on Justice League over at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. And I think we will do something more with Justice League as far as talking about it. Because there's a lot of stuff we didn't really get to, <laughs> but, uh, just by yeah. nature of the film itself. Because for some reason it's a spoiler to talk about certain characters that arrive in a film called Justice League. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, Captain Planet? Yeah, yeah when Captain Planet like, comes in, it's like, wow, Don Cheadle's got another job? That's great. Anyway, <laughs> you can also write on our Facebook wall at facebook.com slash podcast, or you can tweet us at twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And feel free to send us plenty of gifts of Pennywise joining the Justice League because we need to send Abe Clowns. Hilarious. Send Abe Clowns at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, <laughs> Marcus, Daryl, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Both. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I really felt the blackness. <laughs> <laughs> well, My man. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Justice has been served, but we'll see what's going on with Coco next week. So until then, so long. And goodbye.
Okay. <clears throat> oh, that was a gross sounding kiss there. That was me drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. You guys just like swap spit. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get let's get up. Oh, you done? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Put that in your bloopers this week. You're editing. <laughs>